0: Black Jack with Griffin and David. Black Jack with Griffin and David. Don't know what to say or to expect. All you need to know is that the name of the show is Black Jack.
1: You're supposed to sleep with the wife, Rodell. Great day in the morning, you gotta know that much. Supposed to share her bed. That way if some other man do that, you podcast him. Sure. Kill? Shoot. Shoot! Shoot! Hi, everybody. I'm sick. <laughs> I'm. I don't know. I got a little chest God, thing. You won't stop fucking bragging about how well you're doing. I'm doing okay. No, you're fucking killing it on this podcast. If you're level, you're ahead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm level. You're level. I don't know. My there's something up with my. Oh, get dog out! Is. It don't okay, stop it. Uh huh. Stop! Stop! Feeble signaling. Yeah. Is that the term? Feeble signaling? Feeble signaling? Yeah. You're signaling how feeble you are? Yeah, that's the term. Well done. I'm Griffin now, man. David Sims. It's a blank check with Griffin and Dave. It's mm-hmm. a podcast about filmographies, directors who have massive success early on in their career, give a series of blank checks to make whatever crazy passion products they want, and sometimes the checks clear and sometimes they bounce, baby! You,
2: you are sick. Yeah, I am. Jesus.
1: That's why I said it right up top. This is good that this is the week we're doing four episodes then. This is the week you decided hey, to be hey, sick. Hey, hey. Not my choice. All the lights just went on. <laughs> <laughs> Why do they keep doing that? All bad? the lights just went on. Yeah, weird. I don't know. We try to Kanye mood brother. light our studio, and now we got all the lights. Um, this yeah. miniseries on the films of Ang Lee, it's called Broke Pod Mount Cast. Yes, it is. And today we're talking. Every about... time it gets the guests because they don't know. They don't know. It's good. And this time you hear that at the distance. You got. It's a real thinker. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Do you hear that? Do you hear that? Open your ears, David. Do you hear that? Uh, no. Boing, 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 boing. I don't know what you're
2: doing. This is a bounce. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah, this one bounced. This is
1: a bounce. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> um, I-, I was saying before we recorded, by, by certain metrics, the most unsuccessful movie we've ever covered on this podcast. Yeah.
2: Yeah, not it didn't lose the most money. You were saying, and we've covered films that have grossed less,
1: but had less of a release. But
2: still, in terms of utter failure, right? This movie
1: just like no one, it it got no recognition. They're never
2: gonna make their money back on this one. Well,
3: but they do have a criterion. They do have a
2: sexy criterion, which is in a director's cut and all that fancy jazz. Yeah, Yeah,
1: dual format. You know, maybe yeah. How much do you think you make on a criterion? I think it depends. Oh, gosh. <laughs> I mean, they, uh, what what's your what, give me an estimate? I don't know. You know, I did a little work for
3: Masters of Cinema. Okay. And what kind of numbers are they pulling down? You know, the thing is I never saw the numbers. I just did the booklets. I got a flat fee for the yeah. booklets and that was that was it. I assume I knew they were where they had a five to seven year rights in order to. So when you bought the rights, say if you bought it say this year you had seven years to actually produce a disc before you lost the rights. That's the uh, one thing I knew about what Criterion's model was. Because
1: Criterion very rarely has rights lapse. I wonder if they're just renewing constantly. Probably, and now with you know Filmstruck, that's and when they were doing the Hulu, I think they just right. started
3: really just, they would put the stuff like, that's why like, the Lane May, Mikey and Nikki ended up yes. there is because they just would they had the rights to the streaming as well. So they mm-hmm. could just put it on that with the unrestored edition that they had with the intention that one day maybe it's like a placeholder we'll, you know, yeah. do
2: this. Um because this movie I would say conservatively lost fifty million dollars. Something around there. So you know you're gonna right. need to sell a lot of criterions yeah. to make that back.
1: And I think criterion said the ones that have sold the best for them are the ones that were produced by mainstream studios where they had the couple of examples like Royal Tannenbaums, Benjamin Button, maybe one other I'm forgetting, where the Criterion was the only mass release version yeah. of the mm-hmm. film sure. sold in Walmart um, back in the early 2000s, when, when DVD was still booming. Love a DVD. But this film came out at the cusp of the dawn of the, of the DVD revolution. We were just sort of ascending the DVD tower. 1999. Yeah. The great year for American cinema, right? Right. For right,
2: All cinema, right? I don't know. Everyone always talks about 1999,
1: right? And a, and a Taiwanese no? director, yes, yes. You're you're a you're, you're um, and Han. I'm,
2: ch- I'm trying to think of what's going on in the
3: rest of world cinema. I guess you've got. Well, you got like Rosetta, right? Yeah. You got like some fun. Uh, when will carry us by Abbas Kirostami. Exactly. Uh, is all about my, my mother,
1: 99. Yes. 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 It yes. is. Yes. Ratcatcher comes home. out in
2: 1999. Um. Mononoke. Well, it comes out in America. That's an old
1: right, and and the single and finest American film of all time comes out in 1999. We'll get to that later.
2: Yeah, Toy Story two.
1: We'll get to that right. later.
3: Uh huh. Yeah. Eyes Wide Shut. Yeah. The Matrix. We had the Clinton presidency. Whatever Clinton, that's worth. Right. That's yeah. that's Which is the second best along.
1: American film of all time. <laughs> uh, Blair Witch. Right. You know. But but Magnolia. A Taiwanese know. filmmaker on the rise. A five man five, who was just yeah. going up. Ben's point of five, five. And mm-hmm. up and up. Decides he's going to make his American Civil War epic. Sure. And <laughs> They've all got to do it. And no one shows up. A tumbleweed <laughs> sure. blows through 60 theaters at its maximum. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Pretty but, much. But our guest today has, has gone on the record saying this is his favorite Ang Lee film. Is that correct?
3: Yeah. I, I think I would hold to that. Yeah. Um, you know, Crouching Tiger is close, but sure. I'd
1: say like, those two are clearly the best. Clearly? Wow. This is going to be a good episode. <laughs> this is what I like. Yeah. Guns ablazing, talking before he's introduced, making big proclamations. Hair swinging in the wind. I, as a Midwestern.
3: Uh, Where are you from? I'm from Minnesota. Okay. Good okay. Old Minnesota. Old for the oh, north. yeah, you betcha. <laughs> yeah. Um, great movie. Um, but- it would be it would be Missouri. I'm sure actually people from there are hearing me say it and saying, "Well, you're not exactly saying it right." It's like kind of like that whole can con sure, debate sure. sort of thing.
1: But uh, it's it's Missouri, Missouri. Well, let me try to pronounce the title of this film correctly. It's ride with the deva. <laughs> okay, is that right? Yeah, sure. Ride with the deva. Okay, it's called Ride with the Devil. Mm-hmm, there you go. It's a 1999 Civil War epic. Yeah. Toby Maguire, Skeet Ulrich joint. Skeet Ulrich first build yeah, we, in this movie. That, talk that, that about was a that yeah. was a
2: moment in history. That's weird because he's not on the poster. He's not first build on the poster. No, he but is on the poster. in the credits. In the he credits, is he is first pointedly built. first build. And you know, that, he's a U. You know, there's no alphabet to no, hide behind with no him. No sir, <laughs>
1: no siree. He's one of the rare U stars. But this, I guess this is the the scream bump. I mean, he'd been in scream. That's. Three years earlier, right? He w- had I mean, established. Factor? He had established that in terms of. Is he in Chill Factor? In terms of greasy, yes. poor men's Johnny Depp, mm. he was as good as it gets. <laughs> sure, I always forget the news. As good as it gets his after Scream, right?
2: I think of as good as it gets is right. it as it gets as like, oh, he's very young, you know, because mm-hmm. he's such a small role. Yeah, no, that's after
1: Scream. No, Scream was like his first big movie role. Uh, what about albino alligator? It was his second big movie role. <laughs>
2: uh, apparently, he was in. um something called boys? Okay, I'm going to stand With by a second. Rider. Never heard of that oh boy, movie. boy, I've
1: heard of that movie.
2: Uh, he's in the craft? Right. Obviously.
1: He was um, one of those guys where everyone was like, "This is a movie star, right?" I guess he's pretty cuz he checked all the boxes except being compelling. He was third building in the Newton boys though. Okay, hey. right. And then uh
2: then chill factor, which right. uh in which he was Okay, he was second billed. I was about yeah. to say, if he was billed over Cuba, that'd be rude. Is this his
1: only first build movie? So he's in two movies with Cuba Gooding
2: Jr. in two years, practically. Those two must be best pals. They were trying to make Fetch happen. Um, and then after this, this is the last movie he was in that uh, anyone has ever heard of. Then
1: he kind of disappears.
2: I and mean, he was in Armored. Does that count? No. Our guest today is Peter Labuza. <laughs> he's a, he gets the WIV billing in Armored. Peter Labuza does? Yes, he does. Yeah, I,
3: right. I, it was one of my favorite uh, films to work with, Nimrod Antal. Great, <laughs> well done. Great to collaborate Antal. with.
1: Good, Good call. The with director of Predators. And Matt Dillon the was the villain on that movie. Yeah, right. Uh, he of the Cinephiliacs podcast. Thank you so much for being here, Peter.
3: I am absolutely delighted to be here. Thank you guys for uh, allowing me to join on the, uh, the devil ride. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Of yeah. course. An out-of-town guest. A
1: so we flew you first class. Of course. Great. Great the champagne podcast.
3: on there. They actually got the uh, the guys, um, the, the Vinny and Franks. Okay. Uh, Vinny okay. and Franks are actually doing airplane food now. They're they're a popular L.A. joints. Sorry, <laughs> I'm I'm speaking L.A. speak right now. Know, so, I uh, I
1: love airplane food. I gotta say, sometimes I think that's some of the best food there is. Are you doing a bit? No. <laughs> okay. It's very Griffin food, actually. When you think about it. Yeah. My problem actually is is if, if bits aside, I think airplane food is putting on errors a little too much these days.
2: Oh, sure. You like you'd rather it was just chicken nuggets.
1: Yeah. Like yeah. Rather, not like CoCo van. Right, like you th- open it right, and It's right. like microwave chicken. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right, right. That's my problem. When it's like squash spaghetti and We're actually like, doing airplane food talk right now? You know it's not spaghetti. It's squash cut into spaghetti.
2: Sure.
3: Does anyone know why they have that spot for the razor blade on the uh on the planes. They actually don't have those anymore. They used to, though. Yeah.
2: I don't. The spot for the hate. Airplanes. Airplanes. Can
3: you imagine trying to shave on a plane, actually? Like, oh, think about, like, you're going to hit some turbulence. There's going to be a lot of blood that's, everywhere. That's
2: a good point. I And I'm sure that happened to someone. I'm sorry. I'm drinking my this coffee. This
1: movie's got a lot of blood, too. But This got a lot of blood. This got a lot of blood. Hey, you know what I found out that I, I didn't know? Uh, Go ahead. You know what I found out that I didn't know? What a fucking repetitive What'd sentence. What'd you find out? <laughs> Do you know that Engley served in the military? Y- yeah. I think I mentioned that on our first episode.
2: Conscripted, right? Yeah, Yeah. it's um, uh, his national service, essentially, right? For the Republic of China. Right. A.K.A. Taiwan.
1: Because I I did a little more uh, research into his... I think he was in the Navy. Background. Yes. I just knew he did military service. He was in the Navy. Okay. Um, He uh, didn't think about going into the arts because it was not something that anyone around him kind of encouraged. Right. He tested so poorly... That, like, the local art school was one of those sort of holding schools where you could do a year until you tested again to get into a proper university. Then he falls in love with acting. Right. Realizes he doesn't speak well enough, too shy. Sure. (laughs) Then he falls in love with filmmaking. And his wife, Jane. Yes. Yeah. They met in college. Right. Goes to NYU, graduates. Then I think does his service. Uh, let's well, he does the Spike no. Lee movie at one point where he's an he, assistant on it. That's yeah, when they're both assistant
2: on yes, Joe's the Bedside the Barbershop. Shop, right? No, he did. He did his Navy before he went to America. Okay, he so, so it was in service. between
1: drama school and NYU. I guess so. Yeah. I think that's when it is. Yeah. And then he um lives in an apartment in White Plains, uh, uh-huh. with his wife and his children. Right, right. and she's the breadwinner. Right, and he's making. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner for the kids. Sure. And writing his scripts.
2: And he's pals with Jimmy. Jimmy S. Yeah. Well, well this, Jimmy is,
1: Sheamus. this is what I found out. Because we had asked, how did they get hooked up in the first place? Sure, sure. Seamus and Hope had set up Good Machine. Right. And they were the New York City, no budget guys. We're going to help you make your movie, support the directors when you got no budget. Ang Lee had entered into this contest. Won first and second place. For Wedding Banquet and for uh, Pushing Hands. Yeah. And went to them and said, I heard you guys are good at making something for no money. And James Seamus says it was the single most boring meeting he had ever had in his entire life. Great. Angley <laughs> proceeded to explain shot by shot what the movie was. And he said it was thoroughly boring. Like about like the Wedding Banquet or Pushing Hands or something? I think both. Sure. Pushing Hands more so was the priority. Okay. And he said it was really boring, but... He knew exactly what the movie was, which is more than most people have going for them. Right. And he had the money. He had the money from China. Right. Right.
3: Right. They were going to finance most of it.
1: Right. So Seamus turned to Hope and said, like, why not? This is already the biggest budget we've gotten. Why not take a chance on this guy? Right. And then after pushing hands, he got a little more involved with the wedding banquet script. Yeah. And so there's a good crux of a thing here. You should try to push it more into the screwball comedy thing. And that's where their partnership really kind of blooms with this push and pull between the two of them. And now we're in this run of post *Sense and Sensibility*, shameless bringing material to Angley. Hey, I read a book. You should check this out. But he's the one who falls in
3: love with the book. Ang Lee is the one who really wants to do this project, yes. which, which was surprising when I was doing my little bit of research I did for coming on here. I was yeah. like, this seem, th- I thought this was going like to yeah. be a James Seamus. James Seamus loves 50, West, 50 1950s Westerns. Yes. Yes. Kind transgressive of like transgressive Westerns. Right in his sort of wheelhouse, right. kind of prestige but not necessarily like, you know, Totally Oscar bait, right? And yet, this
1: is like Ang Lee's like
2: passion project
1: that he wants to do, huh? Because Ang Lee's in is it is a coming of age film with the Civil War as a backdrop,
2: right? And it's
1: right. It's about like being an outsider. You know, And it's people who don't have the time to figure out who they are in the world because sure. all this fucking bloody chaos is happening around but them. But they're also not in, the, the film that I relate this closest to, I think in terms
3: of like narrative historical trajectories, is taking Woodstock in a way. Because they're both about characters who are clearly in the like the midst of giant historical things happening, right. but they're not in the epicenter. They're just off to the side. Right, 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 and that's right. what I think is kind of, I most interesting as we'll get into this movie is like it's about a bunch of people who clearly realize they're in a huge moment of history, and yet their actions and ideas
1: have absolutely no consequence. It's a sidelines Unca- epic, yeah, unquestionably, yeah. Um, and, and then it also does this weird subversive thing with the Jeffrey Wright character, yeah, yeah, who like becomes the lead sort of by yeah. the end, definitely, but doesn't really have dialogue for the first like hour and fifteen minutes, sure. Is sort hour. of just like a featured extra for the first hour. Um. It, well, he's fa- he's a, he's an object of fascination
2: though. Like right. you're like, why is he? Here? Is this like is this like one of his first big roles? I'm trying to remember. Well, you know, he's a Tony winner. Right. Like he's a stage actor. He'd been in Angels in America in the original oh, cast, right. so he right. had like won the Tony. So he's sort of like. And then Spasquiat is and his first big Basquiat movie in 1996, okay. which I mean, that movie has such a like, you know flashy ensemble around him, but he's, yeah.
1: he's good in it. I think he's great yeah. in the film. And he won the Spirit Award, I want to say. Mm. I believe he won the Spirit Award for that film, and he said uh, this was the first time he had ever been offered a role that he didn't have to audition for. Right where the devil is? Yes, because Angley had lights. He
2: was just nominated best for best life. debut performance. Weirdly, oh, Benicio weirdly.
1: del Toro won best supporting actor, which is actor. very bizarre because that's a very small role.
2: Yeah, well, that's back when the spirits were like, I don't know, let's nominate Cole Hauser for Tigerland. They may not have even had an open bar at that time. <gasps>
1: oh Jesus
3: Christ! That's like the most important thing about the Spirit Awards now. <sighs>
1: the tent must have been so little.
2: God, the Spirit Awards this year were so fucking depressing. I was so mad about the
1: Spirit Awards this year, even though like Get Out was a fine. Feature winner, like they need to put a harsher budget cap on the spirits. I think they need to really separate church and state by being, but then they wouldn't get all their money. I know, right? It's
2: over. You need a new thing, like the you know,
1: I think Benicio, the real
2: spirited awards. I don't don't know. I think
1: Benicio was the Walter Brennan of the spirit awards where he won supporting actor like three times in the first 12 years. I think he won for usual suspects as well. Thank you. Good reference. Mm -hmm. I'm giving myself good reference points. Um. But, but Basquiat was the big thing because he'd sort of come out of theater to be, like, flashy ensemble. Mm-hmm. He's the unknown New York theater guy playing a famous artist. He won
2: two years in a row. Usual Suspects Basquiat is two years <laughs> in a row. Then he wins a special distinction award for 21 Grams that's, like, for the whole cast.
1: The Basquiat thing's weird because he's, like, the fourth best supporting performance in that movie. Sure. I don't think it's- that movie's great, but it's got good performances in it. I don't, I remember
3: seeing 21 Grams. I mean, I try and. P- he's, I he's, he's amazing in 21 Grams. I think he's grams. amazing that in 21 blows, Grams. That but movie,
2: yeah. Del Toro's pretty good because he's just sort of like, you know, trying to bring it back to like some sort of like place where he Is humans he in the exist? Morris
1: Paros Por- as no. well? No. Okay. No. But he's I, just in that I contended that he would have won the Oscar that year had he not won for Traffic. Possibly. Because that was the Robbins year, which was like, oh, it, it's that weird year where it's like right. Tim Robbins won? Yeah. Tim. Robbins for Mystic De- River? Del Toro is next level in 21 grams, and 21 grams is a, a cup of diarrhea. It's Awful a movie. steaming cup of diarrhea. It's
2: about how your soul weighs 21 grams. Oh, Jesus Christ. Have you seen tw- You have seen I, it. You I saw just it. Remember I remember
3: it. that, like, you know, they basically probably took what was a finished script, and it's like, well, let's just jump, edit jump, it jump, jump, in jump, whatever jump. way we want <laughs> right now.
2: Yep, pretty much. Um, but no, okay, back on track. Daniel Woodrell, who I have read his story, his... um. I oh got his movie, his book. What? Tomato Red. <laughs> Don't
1: worry, it only took you five I love times. reading
2: movies. Jesus Christ. And I read Winner's Bone. Oh, okay.
1: Oh, um, oh, same which, writer as Winner's Bone? Yeah. Yes, which... Interesting.
3: Uh, also, uh, you know, Midwest, southern twang. Exactly. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah,
2: Missouri. He likes, you yeah. know, the Ozarks. He likes to write about the Ozarks. So you gotta take he a ride before, before you get boned. David, mm, uh, yeah, you must take a ride before well, you get boned. The book is called Woe to Live On, which is... Uh, you know, a real great, that's a, that's a blockbuster title, uh, yeah, if I yeah, ever heard yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, but no, I was uh, dating someone who was a real Woodrell fan. So I'm I read a couple Brad. of Woodrells back in the day. And then Winter's Bone is a great movie, and this is a great movie. So 100% success rate if I, you adapt his movies. I, th- I, th- I think books.
1: They, I think the it's a short book, is it not? Yeah, they're all short. Right. And uh,
2: this is a long movie. Right. It's a long-ass
1: right. movie. I, I think this was sort of one of those starting point adaptations. Where they kind of blossom their own thing out of the book. Am I am I wrong about that? That's the sense I got.
2: I mean, they wed the Lawrence massacre. You know, like the the Lawrence massacre
1: is not as like
2: crucial to the book.
1: The sort of epic right. set pieces of the film yeah. are are sure. Um, but but this is he's kind of on this like nonstop run where. Um, what I mean, E Drink Man Woman is coming out and landing big in the States while he's already on Sense and Sensibility. Sure. When Sense and Sensibility is on its Oscar run, he's already filming The Ice Storm. The Ice Storm doesn't perform well no. commercially, but is well respected. And yeah, but like, he's not really on a run anymore, I'd say. This is a little more of a like, okay, Ang, like, you know, what do you got? This is a big cash. Yeah.
2: It's a lot of money put into this movie. Yeah. He's putting a lot yeah. of like somewhat unknown actors in. They had the lead roles. To- you know, so Toby's like,
1: rising. Jewel had not been in a film before. Jeffrey Wright was like she'd an been in a car actor. before. <laughs> she'd been in a car. Yeah, she'd been in a van For a napping. She lived in a van down yeah, by the exactly. river.
2: Yeah, um, yeah. Because Toby had been in Pleasantville in between Ice Storm and this, can we, can- but that doesn't suggest like. You know, actions.
3: put this guy as the
2: lead. in this, I mean, because
3: all in those
1: performances movie, are... No, no. In this type right. of movie, no. But he certainly... He seemed to be approved as a leading man... Underneath a certain budget This level. is also him in an epic is weird.
2: Well, this is yeah. also the same year as Cider House Rules, though, which is all, sort of uh, an epic. Which that movie kind of a quasi
1: rules. a quasi-epic. Cider House Rules. That movie blows. Yeah, that movie sucks. Um, I don't know. K- Do you like K- Cider House I've Rules? I've never seen it. Yeah, yeah you know. He, he learned the rules of the Cider House abortions. I was in a summer camp production of Cider House Rules once. Really? I was really angry I didn't get the good part. There's the one kid who dies, right? Yeah. That was the part to get. I guess so. There was a, a stage production of the Cider House Rules? Yeah, I think it was a play before they adapted it into what? a film. It's a book. I think they adapted from the book into a play and then adapted the book into a film. Maybe. And I wanted to play Curly, I think, as the kid who dies. And I got stuck playing the yeah? Rory Culkin role, maybe? No. I mean, it's Kieran Culkin. Oh, maybe
2: I... Buster. Was- I think that was the good role, though. He's the one who dies, I think. I played someone shitty. I don't know. Erica Badu was in that movie.
1: It was her debut. Oh, that's the role I played. Yeah, right. Um, can can you confirm or deny a rumor I heard about uh, Jewel? You're right. It was adapted as a stage play. I'm Thank so mad you. about that. Yeah, it mm-hmm. was. What's hey, the rumor? Uh, Bucks Rock, creative and performing arts camp.
2: Fun fact about Jewel. I sure. don't know
1: if you guys know this. I did a little research. Uh-huh. Um, she lived in a car. Wow, and I don't know if you know this. This yeah. is wh- uh, what I heard at least is that yeah. her hands are small, but they're her own. You got I keep thinking it's
3: Cheryl Crow. It's like, not it's Cheryl small, Crow. But but same, on.
2: same vibe. Like, like I was same watching. Time. Like
3: you know, I just keep when I see her on screen, I'm like. I wanna soak up the sun. That's like mostly sure. like what I kept thinking. But that's
1: even you know, like second wave, Cheryl Crow. Yeah, well, because right? Cheryl Crow yeah.
2: was a little rougher around the edges before that. Yeah. Th- that
1: was like right. I done a bad, bad thing, right? Wasn't that? Did one of her songs start that way? I don't know. I don't know. Um, Maybe I was just thinking about. Her was it like work. a virgin? Was that her?
3: Was that Jewel? No, yes. Okay. Um. <laughs> sorry, I'm a millennial. <gasps> wow! Wow!
1: Wow. Wow. Millennial. I'm, wow! I'm coming out here on the on the show.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: As um, a millennial. Yes. As a Jewel-hating millennial. As a Jewel-hating millennial. Jewel was like... I mean, she was a big thing. I feel like we were all She's talking about Jewel. a big thing Jewel. right now. At this moment. At this moment mm-hmm. and like
2: not much before and not much after.
1: No. and She think, was a
2: bit of a flash. On the She pimp. had
1: two albums that were big and then she sort of fluttered away. There was like a 2003 attempt to be like, now I'm going to be poppier. Do you remember that? She Man. like went on TRL her and first, wore midriffs. Yeah,
2: sure. No, of course. Right. She was trying to play it. But her first album... Pieces of You, yeah, sold 7.3 million copies Thank in you. the U.S. That's a lot. And then Hands is on the second album, Spirit, which was her second album that yeah. has Hands. Hands that sold 3.7. So yeah. you know, yeah. And then her next one was called This Way. This is the Poppy album that
1: sold 1.5. So there's a, all right, Oof. okay, okay, yeah. yeah right.
3: That's like a hyperbole. You get like half and half
1: each time.
2: Yeah, but this it is, really is that thing is. of like,
1: oh, you've had like. A big album or two. Now then she you get did a to,
2: dance album called 0304. Oh, that's the one I was really thinking of. She really, really fell off. Of. Yes. Mm. And then I think she tried to go back to country music. And I think now she's just in like... Now she's hardcore like country. Yeah. She's just in the country zone and she She's in the country zone. USO she does shows,
1: Hallmark yeah. movies. Uh, she played June Carter Cash. Did she? In walk, walk the Line? They did a Lifetime... Walk the Line with, with hers, June Carter Cash. Yes, and it's called
2: Ring of Fire.
1: Matt Ross, director of Captain Fantastic. Yeah. As... He's a great actor, Matt Ross. Yeah, he is. Yeah. yeah, He looks more like Johnny Cash. Gavin Belson.
2: Yeah. I'll never get over fucking Joaquin Phoenix laughing in Walk, uh, Walk the Line. Is that scene where he's got the peanuts? Uh-huh. And he keeps, she's like, give me a peanut. And he's like, okay. And then he puts it in his mouth every time as a bit. And every time she's like, oh, Johnny. And he's like, it's very weird. I think about that all the time. That's why I'm surprised
3: anyone remembers anything. I feel like Dewey Cox came out. I feel like it
1: just erased all those. Dewey
2: Dewey Cox is a brutal slam to walk the line. There's no question. Because then you
1: blend a lot of the real scenes from walk the line into walk hard. Yeah. Uh, for sure. Um, Ang Lee said he cast Jewel because it feels like this is like a studio she's thing. She's good like, in this
2: movie. I think yeah. she's good. Yeah, I think she's, she's terrific.
1: Good. And I think it was weirdly, I think it hurt the film because people were like, oh I'm cashing in on like the flavor of the week. Yeah, and star. also she's
2: billed as Jewel. Right. Like you could call her Jewel, Jewel Kilcher or whatever. You right. know, like, you know, yeah.
1: it makes it seem a little cheesy. And then I think the f- fact that the film flopped So Hard kind of killed her film career in the bud. He said he cast her solely because of her teeth. Because he thought they looked era-appropriate. Which <laughs> feels like, rude. That seems like a
2: classic yeah. Ang Lee burn. But, but the more like we've been... him telling been, Emma Thompson she looked too old. That's the thing.
1: The more we've been studying Ang Lee, the more it comes out that he says all these He's things where mean. it's like his best directions are like, no, you are tired. Yeah, right. <laughs> and his worst directions are like, stop being so fat.
0: <laughs> yeah,
1: right. Uh-huh. Um, but he casts her because of her teeth. Great. Cast Toby, who he clearly has taken a liking to. Sure, he's in and, the extra. and is such a weird leading man. He's a fascinating. He's actor. he's such a weird little do puppy dog me? guy.
3: I mean, it's you you watch him in this film. It, it's weird because he's. I mean, one is he's playing the he's the dumbest person on screen. Yes. He is
2: a and dumb, dumb this is, motherfucker. This is a film
3: all about dumb people trying to one up each other yeah. in terms of their stupidity levels. Yes, yeah.
2: but yeah, this film does not so, beat around the bush. Re his dumbness. No, like, yeah, 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 but go so. On.
3: Does that make him appropriate for the film <laughs> that, like, we seriously consider this guy is really, really unintelligent yeah. and, like, so he plays it well. It just it just doesn't make necessarily for your classical leading man right. in any he's way, not. even in, like, a coming-of-age sort of
1: it, it, mode. He's, he's not a guy because he is so... Uh, for someone who did become a studio leading man, and even before Spider Man, you know, was like top line in pictures, he's got such a high pitch voice. Yeah, he's, so he's so doughy eyed. He's so vulnerable, doughy faced. Right. Yeah. Like he does feel like this wounded little animal. He's very capable of playing intelligence at times. But this movie, it's like some combination of like the fact that he seems a little out of his depth as an actor works for the character. Yeah. Because the guy wants to be like the hero of the war, and isn't really suited for. I mean, they set him up really well with with his father, where yeah. the dad's just sort of like, "You don't have to do all of this," and he's like, "No, I do. I'm I'm going to prove that I'm bankable in studio pictures." The thing is,
3: these types of performances are kind of like my favorite, though, where it's like an actor who's maybe just out of his league, but the director knows how to use him well. Right. I just just because I saw like the Barry
1: Lyndon. I saw
3: no, and I saw yeah. this last week. I saw Sean Penn in Carlito's Way. Sure, and that's like a performance. Oh, interesting! Like every I bad in thing movie, yes. about Sean Penn yeah. suddenly becomes great in that movie.
1: I mean, I do love performances like that. Sean Penn's hysterical. And I think you can way. you compare him to. He's also doing so much business, but you compare <laughs> Tobey Maguire in this to Skeet Ulrich in this, who's just kind of like going through the motions. Sure,
2: you know Skeet Ulrich is he's a face in this movie. I would say
1: right, yeah. and, and like Toby's so. Out of sorts, that he is constantly engaging, you know, like he yeah. he works as a good dummy lead. Sure, um, but but like the real hero of this movie is is Jeffrey, Jeffrey right? Wright, laying and sure. waiting. Yeah, like it's it's what you love about Sicario. Yeah. It's like he's I, just I, sort yeah. of like off to the side. I don't for know like, if
2: that's what I love about Sicario because I don't think I love anything about Sicario.
1: <laughs> you know, the thing <sighs> you love about Sicario <sighs> is that Benicio that's del That's impression
2: of uh, George Clooney
1: sleeps. Sicario not
2: Sicario no, Siriana I literally well because Jeffrey Wright's in Sicario that's what I thought you were talking about no 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 I mean he's in Siriana he's not in Sicario he's not in Sicario I'm not doing well clearly clearly. I keep calling books movies alright yeah Uh, yeah you're saying you're
1: waiting for him to like wake up for the last third of the movie essentially like like, like Benicio uh, and Jeffrey Wright is just in the background for so much of the film and obviously we're watching it now with like and added 20 years of Jeffrey Wright work, so we know he's not going to do nothing in this movie. Sure. But he's above the title. Yeah. They clearly introduce him with some, like, importance, and then it takes mm-hmm. him so long to actually kind of, like, uh, bloom. hmm But it is, that's the thing. It's like, this is a movie about the Civil War from the side of the people who were wrong. Yes. Working with.
2: But like not soldiers, too. They're very particular. Yeah, they're bushwhackers. Not bushwhackers. Yeah, the Bushwhackers. A and bunch of Daniel Stearns. The Missouri Regulars. Yeah.
3: But that's, like, the weird thing. They're, like, fighting for a cause, but they have no, like, I don't mean, there's no references to, like, General Lee or what's no, going no. on in Gettysburg or any of that stuff. That's all just, like, two No, they're guerrilla fighters. They're, yeah, they're right. just guerrilla for,
2: for Missouri. It doesn't even right.
3: seem like, I mean, that's the thing, like, do we see that many quote unquote slaves besides no. like Jeffrey Wright who's freed. T- free right. free, so yes. they're
1: just fighting for the sake of fighting it feels mostly. very territorial and, and very much just about sort of the the ego I mean there's yes the- but
2: then there's also there's also the threat of like well if I joined the South. Yeah. Then I get shipped off to the front. You know, I get shipped right. off to the real right. battle, which seems like a death sentence and horrible. So I don't want to do that either. But like, there's
3: also the air of conspiracy around yes, like yes. that's like, you know, anyone is kind of fair game to be killed, including like your family members. I right. mean, that's like the whole subplot with Mark Ruffalo that, you know, gets a hey. few scenes in there. A, a babyface babyface Mark Ruffalo, yeah. you know, and it's like one of those weird, like I we, we'll get into the plot later, but it's like you get the sense that you have to do this if you're yes. a man from the ages of like seventeen to thirty-five. Absolutely, yes. this, this is, is the only thing that peer matters pressure right thing now. going on. Yes, and,
1: yes. And Tom McGuire's character is, is called Dutchy by everyone, right? Because he's German, and he's got this chip on his shoulder that he feels like he constantly needs to prove that he's well, a right. real. This is American. Back when
2: being German
1: was right, like mm, I don't know, buddy. Yeah, like, yeah, right, yeah. Not a good look. Mm-hmm. Not a good look. But but that's like his sort of defining sort yes. of quality is that you? and his nub. His little nub. His little nub. He's oh. really
2: fucking protective of that nub. <laughs> got a little
1: nub.
3: Uh, yeah. Those he are gets his d- nub back by the end of the movie. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yes, he does. Toby got his nub back. I, I was going to say, how Dutch he got his nub back. There you go. Yeah. This movie.
1: Uh huh. Oh, yeah. I thought, but you were just going to say that weird joke. I was going to say that joke. Great. Um, the, the Zach Grenier scene is where I think the thing kind of crystallizes. Okay. Where he admits he's like, we're we're going to lose this. We're going to lose this because we're we're not really fighting for anything. Um yeah, no, they they you they never really state
3: the cause exactly. There's there's an early scene at the wedding that the film opens where you have yes. got like three random characters that we never see right. in the rest of the, little, little, lay the tiff, down, yes. Yeah, they lay down the exposition. They're there to be like this is what's going on. This is what the movie's about. Yes, uh, right. in terms of the great causes,
1: but but Sacrenea but kind of says like they know what they're fighting for and we just know what we're fighting against. Right. And that's why they're going to win. Right. And they're, they got the schools. Right. Yeah. And Toby okay. doesn't Good old like...
3: Kansas education.
1: Yeah. Like Toby and Skeeter are like, no, you're wrong. We'll win. We'll win. And then once he explains that, they're like, I can't really argue with that. And it's clear that they're not that personally invested, you know?
2: Yeah. Again, there's not a lot of ideology it's a, it's a turf at work war. here. Right. Yeah. And they're an odd group of people. Yes. Um, especially like Toby and Skeet uh, and Simon Baker and Jeffrey Wright, like right. that's mm-hmm. an odd match. Yes, for a guerrilla clan, like basically an aristocrat <coughs> and his like childhood slave now friend. Yeah, but also let's just point out the fact that over
3: half this movie is not them quote unquote even fighting. No. It's them like waiting around right. during winter. winters yeah. Yeah. or injuries, <laughs> right. and doing absolutely nothing yeah. because then, like, this is an actual, yeah, yeah.
2: This is an actual Civil War movie, right? right. Where it's like. It's all the
3: quote unquote. It's kinda of, you know, the film that reminded me was a little bit like Jarhead, the Jake Jones yeah. uh, Desert Storm movie, movie yeah. right? Yeah. Because yeah. it's all about like what you do when you're actually not fighting. Like the only big battle, of course, is the Lawrence Kansas Massacre, which right. is not which is valuable. Right. Just <laughs> yes. They think it's gonna be a
2: battle though. They're pumped up for a battle, right. <laughs> yeah. And then they're like, Are we just shooting men
1: in this town, like who are defenseless? Can I throw out a hot take? Yeah, Civil War is really fucking dumb. (laughs) It's pretty dumb. (laughs) It was like the dumbest fucking war. I hate it so much. Uh, sure. Have you heard about states' rights, though?
2: Yeah right. Oh, Wait a
1: second. Um, I just i i i uh, is well established on this podcast. I don't like war movies. I have a hard time engaging. Whenever I get to Civil War shit, I'm just like, Come on, c- fucking cut it
2: out. Hey guys, cut it
3: out, guys. Yeah. Um, well, I was trying to think about like why was this movie made and given like forty million? Like why right. are like James and Ang gonna go to like Universal and um you know mm-hmm. really pitch this? And it's like, well, and we we're tying off mic. Like you have Gettysburg in '93, sure. and that's a mm-hmm. pretty right. big hit. But you don't really have that many. I guess like maybe they would have been in production by the time, like Saving Private Ryan and Thin Red Line, like do World War Two sure. and do really well. Yeah, but there's it's kind like, of a
1: war boom that happens right after this. Yeah, but so Or like, I guess concurrent.
3: Yeah. So, but yeah, I'm trying it's to kind of like what's what is like the, you know, it's kind of you want to be in that pitch room. Like, what's the pitch that's like a prestige, maybe Oscar Beatty Civil
1: yeah. War
2: movie that- about Southerners, about like people on the other side. But yeah. I also
1: feel like I feel like there are a couple factors at play. One is that, David, you and I have talked about this a bunch. That with, like, the sort of canonical directors, there's the notion that you kind of have to check certain things off the list. Sure. Mm-hmm. And it's like, okay, Ang Lee's, like, developed into someone major. He's got to make a war movie at some point, right? I guess so, yeah. Or at the very least make a historical epic. And this is maybe, like, crossing both off at one time. And there also is that kind of thing of, like, it's, it's kind of like a workhorse genre. And it like allows you to get like a bunch of young up and coming actors and put Mm -hmm. them all in the mud together. Like this movie is like a breeding ground for like a bunch of guys who they thought maybe would turn into leading men in the '90s. It's Caviezel, Simon Baker, Jonathan Rhys Meyers, Skeet Ulrich. Yeah, you know, and then it's like Ruffalo, like pops. Like you have these little guys at the sidelines who turn into more.
2: But I'm looking at like Civil War movies of the 1990s, and there are movies mm-hmm. like Dances with Wolves, but those don't mm-hmm. count, you know, that are like set sort of in the vicinity, but they're not but actually about the conflict. Humongous, great movie, but that's not a Civil War movie. But it is really. humongous? No, no. But I'm saying there's the two movies, but it is humongous. The two movies of the 90s, the uh-huh. only two movies of the 90s that are actual Civil War movies. The real 90s kids would remember exactly. Are Glory and Gettysburg? Okay, mm. and Glory is uh, huge. Glory was a big hit. Yeah. And, and that's more world. of like your, well, yeah, it's more of your classic, like, gung-ho civil war movie right. about the good guys fighting the bad guys. Um, Gettysburg is, that's a movie for dads, right? That's like the yeah. history yeah. channel the movie. I wonder if they pitched this
3: more of as a Western than anything maybe, else. Yes, I like mean, a because sort of you've got that Western Western sense of, type, yes. yeah, you've got this, you know, closer to Missouri, so you've got this, like, more, like, atmospheric look than maybe... The South is going to get you. Right, um,
2: right. I mean, it's a gorgeous movie.
3: I'll like say the, this. The, yeah, the I environment never, is gorgeous. Like,
1: I, for a long time, didn't know it was a Civil War movie and thought it was a Western. Like, when I would go to my local video store that was organized by director, I remember always getting Quick and the Dead and Ride with the Devil confused. Because I was like, this is kind of same time period, movie stars who were just kind of on the rise, directors misfiring with cowboy hats. Um...
2: I'm just looking at this list, though. There's not a lot of Civil War movies in general. Like, in the 2000s, there's just Gods and Generals, which is Mm -hmm. Gettysburg Mm 2, and Cold Mountain, which is like kind of a fun Civil War movie that's about yeah. that's like a weird
3: there's like a lot of uh, quatrain like Lawrence Kansas Massacre silent films made in oh, like, yeah. the, the hundreds and, te- and, tens, the and 20s. But, the uh, tens and twenties the
2: list is long
3: in the tens and twenties
1: oh boy when basically you could cast the real people more or less right 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 yeah they, Everyone was pulling a 1517 to Paris right? I guess
2: it's <laughs> also a genre that like Gone with the Wind like looms so large in but even that doesn't have a
1: lot of battle in it like a, yeah. even yeah. that's more of a home front movie but I also think that's like every Every 15 years, someone's like, I can I make a this. new gun right. with the Wind? Yeah. Well, you know? Lincoln's anyway. kind of a Civil it War is. movie. Yeah. I mean, you it's, know? you know, set during the Civil War. Yeah. There's a battle in it, like, briefly, and- there's a shot, basically. Yeah, right. Right. Yeah, there's yeah. like three there's shots. Three from, shots
2: of people in mud. <laughs> yeah.
1: David mean, DeHaan gets his face put uh, on the ground. Yeah. Right, exactly. I
2: mean, there's Gettysburg and like Cold Mountain are movies that like restage Civil War battle and glory. Right. Those are movies right. that actually, and the Lawrence Massacre sort of counts. So Again, I guess and also two.
1: A, a Captain America
2: Civil War. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. That's the problem. You Google Civil War movie, that's what yeah, comes that's up. Number man. one. What a great Civil War it was. Yes. Yeah. They totally fought and were definitely never going to be friends in, like, the next movie.
3: That was when uh, I was writing for LA, so that was my, like, one full-time, like, critic Mm -hmm. gig for a while. That was the first movie I had to review. Civil War? Yeah and i had not seen a marvel film in like 5 years and oh, wow. i was just
2: like
1: what's well, going on here <laughs>
3: this is this is a lot of things uh i got to turn in
1: copy by uh, tomorrow night yep we'll how, figure how, it how out. funny would it be if there was like a 4 vhs 8 hour version of captain america civil war that they played in history classes now yeah and they were like so uh, ant man is kind of um yeah, he's, he's sort of like the Missouri a, of this yeah. situation
2: you know sort of divided uh yeah hawkeye's Black kind Widow of is underused uh, i would say <laughs> yeah
1: right Considering they have Jeremy Renner. You think they
2: could- Hawkeye is just going to like get a shotgun to the face in the first scene of the new one? <laughs> and that they'll be like, that's why he's not in it. Like,
1: Right? That's, I just- that's why
2: he got top billing.
1: Right, exactly. Uh, my hope is, this is my hope. My hope is that everyone dies in Infinity War uh-huh. and then Avengers 4 is just Hawkeye. Sure, right. He's like, all right, got to do it myself. Yeah. <laughs> got my bow. <laughs> got my bow. Rose is Rose. Does oh, he have Rose. kids oh. too? That was something. Yeah, he's got that kids. Yeah. He's got at least Good for him. It's two. him and Linda Cardellini. Maybe three. Yeah, yeah. You Linda Cardellini. I hope Avengers Four is National Lampoon's <laughs> Hawkeye, and it's Hawkeye uh-huh. vacation, right? And it's Hawkeye, Linda Cardellini, and two kids who are recast from sure Age the of vacation Ultron. movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want.
2: You could be in it. You could be one of the
1: kids. I could be one of Hawkeye's you could be kids. Kid. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Right? Yeah, slap some sort of Vaseline on your cousin face. Cousin that fun. comes from like Russia or something. I could
1: be the scuzzy cousin. Oh, yeah. The mm.
2: Uh, There's That's some cousins in Ride with is, the Devil. Yeah, yeah this is scuzzin. All scuzzin. All They're all cousins, yeah. right? So what's the plot of Ride with the Devil? Well.
1: Starts out, it's, it's sort of uh, a hootenanny. Yeah, starts out right. a hootenanny, sure. Begins and ends with a wedding, parallelism,
2: yeah. very mm-hmm. nice. A yeah, box mm-hmm. social. Yeah. Yeah, uh, as you said, there's a lot of charge conversation where it's like, "Well, we support the North, and you support the South, and you're <laughs> over there. You're kind of in the middle. I'm not sure, like, you know what he is." Uh, Ruffalo is doing some good head tilting and yeah. mumbling. Yeah. Oh, I don't know. Maybe. Little
3: romance. Little uh, Toby's going to be married off to the um, not so petite
1: woman. Yeah, right. like yes. and, and Toby makes scary. it very clear that getting married is for. Fucking losers. It's for nerds and losers. What should, what does he want to do? Join the pussy posse. Oh, right. He's joined. He's joined. joined. At this point, he's He's been pressed into service. (laughs) Yeah. The toll has been taken.
2: Yeah. Is this movie just a metaphor for that? Yes. Where it's like he's got like a thousand yard stare after years with the pussy posse? It's
1: ostensibly (laughs) about the Civil War, but it's actually about the New York nightclub scene of the late 90s. Yeah, right. It's a cruising sequel. Yes. Uh, yes, yes, Lucas a Haas sequel. is the Skeet O'Rourke character who goes uh-huh. down early.
2: Um, <laughs> I'm so sick, Dave. <laughs> You're you clearly... <laughs> can't wait to watch Ready Player One with you.
1: Yeah, well, uh, okay. So, Box Social, hoot nanny, Wedding, Everyone's Dancing, Having Fun, uh-huh. Toby Hates Marriage, He and His Old Buddy. What, what's Skeet Ork's name in this film? Skeet Ulrich's name, and it's a great name, is Jack Bull Childs. Jesus Christ. Jack Bull
2: Childs. Yep. Childs. There's a, Childs. I always like there's a lot of like good, like, we're going to refer by
3: someone to their full name in this when, when they're angry. That's Jack always a, Bull Childs. Yeah. Um,
1: they
2: are going to become bushwhackers. His name is made for being referred to angrily. Yeah. <laughs> uh, they're going to become bushwhackers. Well, no. Well, well there's, the, his, their, you know, the father gets killed. There's like an inciting yes. incident. Oh, right. right. Yes. Yes. Sort of, it's sort of, like, moody, though, and weird. Like, it's not, like, some, like, easy... It's just, we see this aftermath of, like, a... We see
3: him get shot. We
2: see him get shot. Shot right in the head. Well, yeah, we do. But I just... Like, don't we, like, open on a burning house? Like, yeah, it's, like, there's a lot of, of vague, burning, burning yeah.
3: houses throughout yeah. this movie. Just, like, that's, that's like, the repetitive metaphor. It's like, let's burn houses. There's your budget right there. It's just like, well, let's build this mansion and burn <laughs> it.
2: Right. And it's, yeah, it's a, a lot of, like, a metaphor of adolescence for right, at, at, at any time... People could just storm through and set everything on fire. For now, ask questions later.
1: Yeah.
2: (laughs) Um. Right. Yeah. So uh, Jack Bull's dad is murdered Mm -hmm. by Jayhawkers, who are the Kansans. How dare they? Who support the Union? Yeah. And so they they join the Bushwhackers, right? Well,
3: really, we just we fade out, and then we go to this scene where is that? Then we meet Jim Caviezel's character, right? Right. Yes. And he's just at this regular. Um, He's he's a a Union man. He's, you know, going to this um, just trading post or whatever. Right. And they're talking, whatever, and pulls out. Guess what? We're killing all you motherfuckers. Oh, right. And shoots everyone shows right. up and oh, shoots right. it all. Right. They kill like the, the you know, the wife is like, please don't kill my husband. And, you know, just shoots him
1: right there. And they burn the whole place down. This part of the movie feels like the A-Team. Like, it feels <laughs> like here's just a bunch of rap scallions who are going around burning stuff. Yep. Making making a mess of things. Um, uh, Caviezel's intense in this movie. Black John Ambrose—that's yeah. his name. He's intense. He's definitely in that period where it's. This like, is right after the Thin Red Line. Right, you give him like a little part, and he goes like, um, "Hey, uh, can I do as much as I possibly can for this? <laughs> I'm planning on playing him as haunted. Right. Is that is that is that a good call? <laughs> right. Do you think? Right. An infinite well of emotion. Is that cool? Is that a cool My choice? My eyes
2: are gonna shimmer at all times. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, he's, My angel right, eyes. Right. right yeah. yeah. I got oh. the sense that he
2: could. Yep. There yes. you go. He, he,
3: he's really got a, a Christa complex going on here. <laughs> hey, now.
1: I feel like 90s Pepper and 90s weird?
2: Caviezel.
1: Is he a weird guy? I think he's Caviezel. kind of a weird guy. Isn't he a weird guy? He
2: does a lot of movies with weird people to I not be a weird guy. I don't
1: think weird bad. I, okay. I think just weird is the sense I get.
2: Uh, Well, apparently he hates stem cell research. <laughs> okay, weird bad. Uh-huh. And filmed an ad against it that began with him saying in Aramaic which he did learn for The Passion of the Christ, uh-huh. you betray the Son of Man with a kiss.
1: And the director said, uh, Jim, this is supposed to be a Carl's Jr. commercial. <laughs> just so that's talk a about, little wild. Talk about the Western bacon he ranch He also burner.
2: requested that Jennifer Lopez wear a top during his sex scene with her in Angel Eyes out of respect for his
1: wife. So was he j- just super religious?
2: And he donated to Rick Santorum. I guess so. Yeah, he's a very religious man.
1: He just played he he played Paul the Apostle of Christ, right? Jesus is Christ he, Is he in that movie? He, yeah. Wow. I think does he not play he Paul? He plays Luke. Okay. One still, of the other apostles. Still kind of yeah. weird when you play Jesus.
2: That's maybe he wants to collect them all. Yeah. Like he wants to be everyone in the last supper. But
1: like what if Robert Downey Jr. retired from doing Iron Man and then showed up as Bucky in the next movie? <laughs> That'd be weird. Right. Um Yes. Luke is
3: the best of those four He's the Jesus best apostle? Books. No, of oh, the oh, four oh, books Luke, Luke, of the uh, oh, yeah. Bible. Yes. So he's the Luke best writer, the best. at least when you throw saying that right, out right, there. Right, right.
1: No, if you're um, going to get a, for it. From my Catholic school. If you're going to play an right. apostle, that's the guy to play, no question. Yeah. Yeah. Who are your guys? Who are my apostles? Who are your apostles? Um, God, I would say right off the top of the head, um, Robert Duvall, probably, right? I like the wise guys. <laughs> <laughs> you mean the three wise men? <laughs> oh, yeah. He opposes
2: abortion. Uh yeah,
1: you know, he's a right wing
2: religious man. Okay, well that's religious man in our
1: Kavizal politics corner. Correct. He's an intense man. He's yep. always crying or screaming. Yeah. And he's he's leading these these fellas. Yep. They very quickly get lined up with Simon Baker, the mentalist himself. Yeah, so the person of interest in the mentalists have united here. CBS oh. just like dug
2: into the ride with the devil cast for a long time.
1: Yeah. That's true. This Didn't is, Jeffrey th- Wright have a CBS show as well? maybe? Did he? I don't think he did. This is missing a Krumholtz, and then you'd have almost the a, Tuesday a night Murrow. lineup. Yeah, Rob Murrow. Uh, no, uh, Wright has
2: never done a TV show until Westworld. Well, he did Boardwalk Empire, yeah. but okay. yeah, but until Westworld, yeah, that's fun. I would watch like Jeffrey Wright investigates though. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's just like, hmm, Well, he well, showed up for, see. like,
1: two scenes of Game Night, and I and I was hoping. God, he's so oh, fucking man, good I in Game Night. I gotta see Game Night. Yeah. He's so good in it, and and they, he, he his casting is a joke. Yeah. To be like, wouldn't it be funny if this was Jeffrey Wright in this kind of movie? And it makes you angry that you don't get to watch him for another hour. I love Jeffrey Wright. Can we Jeffrey Wright stand for fantastic a second? Fantastic actor. Uh, he's a wonderful actor. He's one of my guys. Sure. He's a fantastic actor. Which... He's so close to being the kind of actor I hate, except I love him. Well, his shaft, I mean that's his next big role, right? He's right. doing that's shaft. Right. And that's just one of the
3: all-time like as people are overacting those. this entire right. that's thing, the thing. I mean, but he, he can kills be little, it anyway.
2: Right. He can be a little baroque. He kills it. Like, <laughs> he is, is
1: just he makes that work. He is a paprika salesman.
2: Uh, yeah, here's a paprika. He's he's
1: rolling but, up his. But card. I think most of the time he gives you just the right amount. Yeah, he's it's very theatrical.
2: It's something like source code where you're like, you didn't need a cane. You and you literally glasses. gave
1: yourself a limp. Like yeah. that's like the joke of when an actor needs business. But I mean, you know?
2: he's the kind of guy who, when he's underplaying it, is overplaying it. But in a yeah. way, I really like. Like in Casino Royale, mm-hmm. where he's just like, you know, he's playing a guy who doesn't talk much, and he looks at his, you know, bottom of his or whiskey glass. You're just
3: waiting for him to like do
0: something.
1: Exactly. I, I, like, I, I love do him enjoy him. I always, I always just get excited when he's on screen. He's
2: great in Ali. Uh, he's uh, great in The Manchurian Candidate. Great
1: in Cadillac Records.
2: Oh, he's fantastic in that. Yeah. As muddy waters. Uh, I like him in obviously almost Obviously, he's everything. very good in Angels in America. He's great oh, yeah. in, he, was, he was fun in the Hunger Games movies. Remember? He was like the weird tech guy.
1: That's another example of, I think Jeffrey Wright would have won Best Supporting Actor that year if that For had what? been a theatrical film, oh. Angels in America.
2: Yeah, but yeah. it wouldn't be a theatrical film.
1: But I'm cause saying hypothetically because we keep on talking about how bad 2003 was. Oh sure, fair enough. Let's go back to the 2003. Well, right, he's um, amazing
2: in Angels and Right.
1: Yeah. But this feels like this was kind of like an anointment moment where they were like Jeffrey Wright, we're bringing you into the studio system. You're going to be a substantial movie actor now. And then this film doesn't really go. But this feels like it's designed to be a best supporting actor vehicle, right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Fair. Fair point. Should have.
3: Yeah. I mean, it seems like the kind of thing that like had it. Done well at the box office should have been like Slam a dunk nomination. An eight nine, it would have been one of those films that gets a ton of nominations,
1: but maybe wins like a cinematographer right, award. That's a good or looking something. movie.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, shot by Frederick Elms.
1: So he grew up next door neighbor of okay. Simon Baker. Mm-hmm. His father was murdered. No,
2: wait. What do you talking, who grew up the next door neighbor?
1: Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright's character. I thought he was
2: his slave. Simon Baker. That's how I always took it.
1: The next-door neighbor? Right, because my understanding was that he bought him.
2: Oh, okay, later. fair enough. Oh, okay, yeah, sure, sure, sure. And right? then
1: freed him. Yeah. yeah. But but the idea is that Jeffrey Wright feels because I was yes, bought Yes, feels indebted by to him. him, yes. And they're friends. They have a bond.
3: Right. An and I think he bond. gets the sense that, at least in this... In this neighborhood and everything, it's probably better to stick with Simon Baker and whatever he's up to than, you know, go off on his own. Right. Right. But
1: he kind of feels like he can't leave him. And so he's sort of out of obligation and solidarity fighting against his people, Uh, fighting for the South. And not only that, to kill some
2: crackers. What's better than that? He's also in league with. A group that regards him very oddly, like they, as, you know, they view him yeah. like what? What's this? Why guy is even he
3: doing with us? Yeah. Right. Yeah. and he yeah. just kind of. That's one of the only other places there where we see another African American is at some point during like one of their like night parties or something. Right. You see Jeffrey Wright like serving whiskey, and I think you see another uh, I think you're right. extra who's an African American. He's yeah. like clearly on like slave duty,
2: right? No, it's he's an odd presence in the movie, but like intentionally so. But but it's oh, always kind of odd whenever presence. when people
1: bring him up or they try to start trouble about him. Like Simon Baker always sort of defends him without ever totally humanizing him. Right? You it's know, he's sort of like, like he has a free pass. I owe this man my so, life. Right. So you can't kill him, but I'm not going to tell you you have to treat him like but a human being. But he's constantly being. at risk.
2: Like in constantly. the Lawrence Massacre, you know, some yeah. guy, drunken guy kind of grabs him and like is going to attack him and, you know, has to be talked down because it's right. And mm.
1: Jeffrey Wright is great at mouth business. He's really good at mouth <laughs> acting. Mm-hmm. So when you give Jeffrey Wright a beard, it's just like it's like a fucking five course meal. He's, a, it's he's, perfect. he's good with a beard. Yeah. He's great with a beard. It's a short beard, big beard, like whatever. I'll take it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he said this is his favorite movie he's ever done. Wow. And that he's like still to this day very irritated that, that six people hit. saw it. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Well, six people saw it, Jeffrey.
1: Six people but saw hey, it. But hey, it got a criterion. Yeah. Mm. Um he's like the one actor who like does Talks there's about like this a 20-minute interview with him on the criterion about this. Oh, I should tell this story. Okay. Criterion, 50% off sale. I yeah. order a bunch of stuff. Congrats. Including this film, because I knew we were gonna cover Angley, and I order two count them. Two Agnes Varda box sets for Romley's birthday because I'm a fucking cool older brother stolen. The whole thing was stolen. My package was
2: stolen. But did you like report this crime to the mail?
1: The the crime police? I am in in a building with four apartments, one apartment per floor. Sure. I am going out to do a show in Brooklyn during a snowstorm. Humble brag. Yeah, humble brag. I did a show for $5. Literally, I think I got paid $5. I'm going to just just level with you. Is that the I think net? that's too
2: low.
3: <laughs> you think that's too low? You know, I'd study a lot of contract law. I can tell you about gross versus net. Cuz my
1: agents went back and forth on that one for like months before I agreed to do this basement show. They were like, "How about this? $4 if it snows, 5." Yeah. And you yeah. were like, "Sign." $5. Um as I was walking out, I saw the package there in the lobby. I was like, Huh, I will leave that here right now in the vestibule of the building, and when I come back home, I will bring it upstairs to my apartment.
2: Oh, big mistake.
1: But the vestibule is locked. Okay. Yeah, yeah, I get you. Okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come back, package gone. Text my best friends who live my neighbors on the first floor. You know two out of the four apartments. You don't know all four. Right. Right.
3: See, I live in a fourplex.
1: I know all my neighbors. I mean, I I know them enough that I could do a -a rap-a-tap-tap on the door. But I said, hey, did you take the package in? Because sometimes they'll take my packages in. I said, no, but we heard someone uh, buzzing in earlier. Uh, I think he was trying to steal the mail. <gasps> wow. So some guy was like, ha, 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 Oh, here's $175 worth of Criterion Blu-rays. What, was he going to sell them in the black market? I don't know. But did I you wanted... report the crime to the mail police? Who could I report it to? They successfully delivered it. The mail delivered it. The, the postal service delivered it to my home. I guess so. You know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I don't know. Theft. I feel like I've done that. I want to thank Jesse Ryan Knight. Sure. Friend, blankie, listener, who gave me his copy of Ride with the Devil on Blu-ray as a birthday present because he saw that I uh, had my copy stolen. I bought a copy of Ride with the Devil, and it was delivered to my home safely. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you can't have everything. Pretty early on in the film, they realized they need to hibernate for the winter.
2: Yeah, they have to pull a, what do you what, what's that a Revolutionary War place that I visited? Uh, he, Valley Forge. Oh. Which is like, where you're like, why am I visiting this? And like, well, this is where they stayed during the winter when they couldn't move. They stayed in these huts. And you're kind of like, oh. So it wasn't like a battle here? And they're like, no, no, they simply had to, they had very little food.
1: And you're like, sounds rough. And they're like, yes, very bad. It's also so weird to be like, I understand like practical <laughs> realities, but to be like, hey, how's the war going? Um, well it's we're, winter we're, we're kind of a break right now yeah so
2: we're just not gonna do it. we're anything. just
1: sort of in a holding pattern I don't
2: know if you noticed but it snows just good, good mean, faith agreement this is where
3: I'll give the film a lot of credit and I and you know I'd have to go back and watch like Gettysburg or Glory but like there's actually seasons in this movie and yeah. matter and That's like true. the filming and like I don't know how long the filming took on this but it like they must have question. like had to like take breaks because, like, you
1: you can't fake the seasons that the way this film looks, not
2: the way this film looks, which is very natural and very, yes. Uh,
1: well, the filming must based. have been long because they started back in the Civil War and that didn't come out until 1999. so. Interesting bit.
2: <laughs> how do you feel, Griff? Terrible. Um, yeah, I've so been they, very upfront about it. They hunker
1: down in a, I don't know, they build it. Cave? they like, <laughs> yeah, right. A little.
3: Fort Cave. Yeah. Because Skeeter
1: Orc is like, hey, I know this lady who uh I, I think has a crush on me. She used to live in a car. She's released two albums. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> no, no,
3: no. It's not him. It's it's Simon Baker. Right. Yes, Simon, Baker. Simon Baker knows right. the ladies right. at the house of right. um I always forget that guy's name. Zach Grenier, um, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yes. Right. Uh Who but, has is Garrett you must if you're making a film about the nineteenth century of America. Oh yeah. You must cast Zach Grenier as something. Yep.
1: Yeah, Zach Grenier also looks like Darkest Timeline Toby McGuire. Yeah, sure. They right. have the same sort of wet-eyed kind of thing. Yeah. going on. Uh, so that scene's pretty harrowing when they come face to face. But so they build like a little, a little like wigwam, uh huh, like a little like beaver dam. Yeah, that they hide out in, and, uh, this... and that, that's when we get to the skeleton crew of like Baker, McGuire, Wright, and Ulrich. Right. The four greatest movies, guys of the being 99's. dudes, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> just guys being dudes. This and, is sort of and, like
1: a Civil War entourage sort of yeah. section of the film, right? And Ulrich and Jewel start boning. Well,
3: down. I mean, the whole thing is that like Jewel just comes out of nowhere, right? She's she riding, riding a riding horse. This horse, yeah, monkey you know, teeth nice blonde hair, right? And nice. it's like, you know, what Jeffrey Wright, he's the one who goes to Toby Maguire It's like you better get in there, boy, if you want to like get in on this. Because right, McGuire right. like, like the first a thing a says. and he's True. like, get
1: inside the house. What are you talking about? Go inside that little hole there. Everyone's talking to this lady. McGuire's very awkward with the girls, though. Jake, Jake Rodell. Well, but he's killed yeah. seventeen men. Well, he's gonna. He hasn't gotten there yet. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's very. Uh, you start to realize, like his whole like pff, only idiots get married kind of feels like a, a kid punching a little girl in the schoolyard. Right. Like he just seems terrified by women. Uh yeah, very much so. Mm-hmm. Um, Old dutchy.
2: Then what happens until Ulrich gets shot? Like what, what? What goes on apart from the romance?
3: We get the romance, right? That's a lot. We, of get, that. The, we get well, we got to really set up the romance, right? Because there's like <laughs> the first time where you know, uh, Skeet Ulrich and Jewel they're making out, having a good time, and Tobey Maguire and Jeffrey Wright are just sitting there inside. And Tobey Maguire not a fan of the making out going no, on. No, it's like no, a not in dorm room in there. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And Tommy McGuire, yeah, he's like huffing and see me. He's like, "Thought we were bushwhackers, you know? Yeah, so this isn't war."
3: So, so then we get the agreement to, uh, you know, just kick him out of the dorm for the evening. It's <laughs> right. like she's coming over. Yeah, yeah. everyone, on the hold knob. on, yeah. you guys go have you guys throw throw acorns at squirrels. <laughs> they're like that's like his line. And check the whiteboard. Like, we're before. we're gonna go uh, throw acorns at squirrels. Yep.
1: But this is when Jeffrey Wright first starts to talk when yeah. they're sort of in the foxhole together. Uh-huh. Simon Baker kind of explains their relationship until McGuire starts acknowledging him for yeah, the first yeah, cause time. Yeah, because you're
2: right. Jeffrey Wright's kind of just lurking at this point.
1: Right. Have we seen him kill someone? I thought we've gotten the sense that he's a good shoot, though.
3: Like that's sure, part of his sure, thing. Sure. Is that Jeffrey Wright is like a fantastic person to have on your side. Yes,
2: he's a good warrior. I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's really any battles. Maybe I can't remember. I'd like to I'd have to rewatch because the early right. scenes are very chaotic. Well, we're the, gonna uh,
3: get into a scene because yeah. after it's when, when, when Skeet yeah. Ulrich finally gets his moment to shine with Jewel. Give me
1: one hour.
3: Yeah. And then 15 minutes later. It's like, you know, he gets, uh, he gets a little. Well, he gets enough. Well, he only needs 15 minutes, as yeah. we learned. But
1: sure. you guys know what I'm talking about. You're trying to put the moves on, lady, and then a civil war <laughs> breaks out. And it's like, what? Mm hmm. <laughs> okay, so Skeet is, is skeeting.
2: Yeah, he's got Skeet, a funny Skeets. name.
1: Yeah. Why is his name Skeet? Oh, do you know what his real name is?
2: Uh, Brian Ray Trout. Yes, it is. What a name! Wow. No part where, of Skeeter does Skeet is real? then where like does. even come
3: in as like this is the name you should take as an actor.
2: His little league coach called him Skeeter because he was small, because he had poor health and frequent bouts of pneumonia. Did he have a dog named Porkchop? <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, uh, he was an uncredited extra Only in Weekend kids. at Bernie's. Oh, mm. uh, so that's why he went by skeet professionally. Like, I don't know. That's kind of a leap just because your little league coach bullied you. Yeah. My little <laughs> like, league
1: coach called me fuckhead. And I didn't go by that professionally. <laughs> little league
2: coach called you get in right yeah. field and don't talk to me. Yeah. Fuck Ulrich. <laughs> Fuck Newman. That'd be yeah. good.
1: Yeah. But where did Ulrich
2: come from? Uh Oh yeah I don't know Good point right I didn't even think of his last name Yeah no part of his name is real Trout Well Skeet Trout doesn't really You know you can't have the TT uh, Could
3: be a maiden name of some sort
2: Yeah I'm not I'm not His stepfather his stepfather's name David Donald sorry Donald <laughs> Ulrich Who is a stock car driver Wow, I think Skeet Ulrich might have had an interesting life. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like this all sounds, this all sounds very romantic. If only he could bring a little bit of that to the screen, you know. Yeah, what do you think of Skeet? He's kind of boring. I find him He's so a face. boring.
3: Is- he dies an hour into the movie. I mean, for a point, spoiler right? alert. Like, I and mean, that's where right. we're at. He gets yeah. shot yeah.
2: and he takes a while to die. Right. He yeah. actually dies because they chop his arm off. Oh yeah.
3: Well, the whole thing, and this is where like Anne gets into like his whole thing about like this movie and like subverting the the westerners, Right. They go to ride off because. um I forget who's that fucking actor, the Toby Maguire looking actor,
2: um, to Zach Grenier. You're Zach really struggling Gr- yeah. with Zach Grenier's uh, yeah, name. Yeah, he's
3: he's such a that guy. He's yeah, nobody knows his name. Right. Um, he dies, yes. and they like charge, and you know, you get like the whole drums pounding, everything. Here's yes. the big action scene's gonna happen, and then like you know, big camera sweep, dolly over helicopter shot, and then it's like the battle's like a two minute like you know. People just shooting in random directions. Yeah, smoke and everywhere, people, and you know Skeet Ulrich gets shot, and then we go back, and it's like, well, that was the battle. That was it. That was shitty. And we then didn't Skeet do so Ulrich hot.
2: Isn't dead, so they're like, I guess we could cut his arm off.
3: In well, a Simon cave? Baker just takes off. He's like, yeah. I'm done. <laughs> Fuck this.
2: <laughs> this is not Those girls romantic. aren't gonna
3: marry me, so ding dong, ding I'm taking out.
2: All right, ding. all right. Open the door. Let's get this over with.
1: Oh my God. My God, you see that? No. It's a small naked man. Okay. Sir, can you put clothes on? Big glasses
2: and a bowler hat. Small naked man, big glasses and a bowler oh hat. My
1: God, who's. Uh, it's Henry's business card. We're in the middle of recording. Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Uh huh. It's Cousin It. Okay, from the Adams family. He's lost all his hair. Usually uh, famed for his hair. He's lost all his hair. He's buck naked now in our studio. Um, Nothing but a bowler. Hat well, he sounds, like six, his head. he
2: sounds like 66% of men who lose their hair by age 35. Oh, I thought you meant butt naked. <laughs> and like by the time you start to notice it, it's too late to reverse
1: the trend. Well, clearly even these thick glasses couldn't help him. But, see, the thing is, it's cousin. See, he's not my cousin. The thing is, it. Yeah, no, thing is a different character.
2: All right. <laughs> uh, it's easier thing to. Thing the hand. It's easy to keep the hair you have than to replace what you lost. Okay. So if you're seeing your hair recede a little bit, yeah, or if you know, in its case, I guess maybe like stepping out of the shower and there's a little, little left over in the drain, um, a little more than a lot, yeah. you know, maybe you want to go to 4hymns.com and like you know get some uh, doctor recommended uh, solutions to treat hair loss. Good,
1: it it looks like he doesn't have any hair. to Oh oh god, look at that! His butt is really hairy. <laughs> seemingly the only spot where he hasn't lost it. Hims connects you to real
2: doctors, and uh, they give you medical-grade solutions to treat hair loss, uh, generic equivalents to name brand prescriptions that'll help you keep your hair.
1: Do you want to keep the butt hair? Okay, yeah, he does, yeah.
2: You don't have to go to the awkward doctor visits. You don't uh, have to, uh, like, um, pick up your products. They get shipped directly Uh, to your door. That's great, because he's
1: clearly not much of a people person.
2: Our listeners are going to get a trial month of Hims for just five dollars today, while supplies last. See the website for full details. It's fourhims. But it would cost hundreds if you went to a doctor or a pharmacy. So wait. wait a
1: second. So cousin, it's asking me he should just type in. No, I know what he's going to ask. hymns and just check that that was the end of the URL. No,
2: you go to fourhims. slash plank. That's f o r h
1: i m s. dot com slash plank. Um, nice to meet you. Can we get some disinfectant in here? Because he was wiping his butt all over these walls. You in, you
2: in the butts? I'll get the me in the butts. Him in the
1: butts. You in the butts. Me in the butts. I'll it's get not the,
2: the cleaning crew to take care of it. Thank you. That comes Thank you. Right yeah. How'd you feel about that, Peter? That
3: that that was some great work. I I it just, I, just I do not spiel on my ads. I'm just like it's movie. This is a good. This is the <laughs> this is the Zega Vertov group Marxist film from the '72. Check it out and uh. Use the code. Our hands
1: are forced. Here's the thing. I would love to get ads out as quickly as possible. And it feels like every time I'm shanghaied by some kind of fool, some creature, some real character comes in, holds us hostage. Uh, it's I'd true. love to get an ad done in 30 seconds. I can't tell you how much. Uh, so Skeetle Rick's dead. A well, we're, we're going to take senses. out the
3: bullet first. Right. Yeah,
1: <laughs> they take out the bullet.
2: That doesn't, doesn't work. Doesn't go so hot. Gangrene comes in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. I mean, he wants this to take its time and be yeah. realistic, right? Yeah. Like, again, he's subverting the romanticism of death. Right. So then uh, we're going south. We got to her... deliver Jewel to
3: somewhere safe and we get to, is it Tom Wilkinson? Mm-hmm. No.
2: Yeah. It is, oh, right? Yeah. Tom
3: Wilkinson yeah, Tom w, and w, yeah. character actress Margot Martindale. Yes, yeah. that's
1: right. This movie is just like, like chock full because you even have like James Urbaniak as like the guy mm-hmm. trading up scalps at the poker game.
2: Yeah, that's a creepy scene, actually. Yep. Yeah, Celia Weston pops up in this one. Yeah, um, yeah, they play, uh, you know, the they have a nice home. I don't know, they play the nice home people. Yeah, yeah,
3: they're they're, they're, they're kind of chill, they're
2: just enjoying life.
3: Uh, do they have like a son who's died in the war or something, or are they just <sighs> barren?
2: Well, I forget. Well, Jewel, well, Jewel's their kid, right? Well, Jewel's
3: gonna be their kid. Right. uh...
2: Um, No, I I can't remember what their backstory's supposed to be. And the whole time I'm thinking, like, has Tom Wilkinson been in in the bedroom yet? But he hasn't. No, he hasn't.
1: So He's been
2: in the full Monty.
1: And he's been in Rush Hour. Uh,
2: What year is that? 98. 98. Okay, so that's right. I can't believe you don't remember when Rush Hour came out. Um, yeah, that's, but it's just, they go from Grenier house to Wilkinson house, right? They're sort of like, their whole life is like, will someone take us in?
1: Do they know she's pregnant at this point?
2: Well, I mean, I don't know if they know, but she is. Right. I mean, spoiler, she's
1: pregnant. Spoiler, Skeet Ulrich, Skeet. He Skeeted.
2: Yeah. I don't know. Thanks for doing it.
1: Yeah. I mean, you're welcome. (sighs) I think I should
2: take that out. Yeah. Just take it right out. Actually,
1: can you keep it in a (laughs) double? All right. Fine.
2: I mean that's what Skeet Ulrich did. That's what he kept oh, it in and he doubled man. it. Can,
1: can you could take that out. Ben, actually, yeah. can you keep that in and triple it? Um, yeah. What happens now?
2: I'm trying to remember what happens before the like uh, quantrill shows up. Like, if there's anything major in between the you know Skeet's death and the Lawrence massacre. Peter's
1: thing. They go to Wilkinson's
3: house. They Wilkinson's mm. hang house. out. It's not they the part where they're like need to sit there for like no. the rest of the movie. But, but they, this is
1: like a base for them. You know.
2: Yeah. Right.
3: They're, like, hanging. I mean, that's, like, what a lot of this movie is. They're just, yeah. like, sitting in. They're
2: doing some chores. It's um, the other thing.
1: War takes
2: so long. Takes long. Like and who has the time? Chores need to be done. Yes. Yeah. Um, they're kind of a pain in the ass. Like, yeah. I wouldn't want them in my, like, quite nice little, you yeah. know, country house. Um, but I guess that's, that's, like, the life of a bushwhacker yeah. is you're basically, like, freeloading off of people. Right. Or staying in a cave.
3: But really is like then they're gonna go meet up with Quantrill by right. that point, yeah. Right. Who yeah. is
2: like a hero, quote unquote heroic figure in the Bushwhackers? Who is who uh, perpetrated the the greatest, the most deadly act of terrorism in American history, apart from nine eleven? Played by to this day. Played by he's he's not an actor who's I've never heard of. He Gets of. a huge um, speech like that's John like, Ailes. He gets
3: this huge moment, he right? Does. Like all the all the big fancy like close
2: ups and like. And he's he's the perfect look. He's got like yeah. the the goatee or whatever you know, the sort of like uh, forked mustache and the the sideburns, and he looks. I mean, that that's I love this moment because it's so uh, old fashioned and her. You know, all the all the men massed together, like it feels like you get it.
1: Oh, you know what moment we forgot to talk about? What um, the 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 little mini Ruffalo arc? Oh yeah, where they capture yeah. him. So, Maguire shows him mercy, lets him go. Ruffalo runs right back, kills Maguire's dad. And oh, Maguire's yeah. like, Why did he do that? My dad was on the same side as him. And they're like, Doesn't matter. You're now the bigger deal. Mm. Like, oh, they sure, killed right. your dad because he's your dad, not because of what he stands for. Right. Yeah. You Because you joined up with the. You cast this a die curve. for everyone around you. Yeah. And very interesting enough, that's not like.
3: Than like a later plot where he's gonna go go kill get There's no revenge. Ruffalo. That's, that's you don't. Do you like... even
1: see Ruffalo
2: nope. again? No, no. Is it? right. But I yeah. think
1: it's kind of important. Yeah. I, I, well, because I think Baker says you taught him a lesson. He forgot the lesson. Right. But but it's kind of important because like Maguire's in so deep at that point. It's like it doesn't matter what I do. My reputation now like outlives me, and is stuck to everyone around me. So he's gonna like fucking go down swinging. Yeah. I
2: guess so. I don't know why else you would. I guess the idea of going to Lawrence was like that was seen as like the a, a stronghold for the Jayhawks and we were going to get our revenge. Right. Well, like, there's it's... a
3: there's the women's prison. There, oh, right. right? And they... the
2: women's prison had collapsed. Right. Which was yeah. seen as mm-hmm. this like atrocity. Like they had like tossed a bunch of prisoners into a shoddy building and a lot of people had died. So I guess there was some sort of like that's right. That's his big speech is like the, the you know, we're, we're answering this war crime.
3: You know, there's a Spielberg produced mini series called Into the West yes, from 2005
2: yes. that also features the uh, the Lawrence Massacre. The Lawrence Massacre. Was Skeet in it. that as well? It seems plausible.
1: Good. I kind of think he was in that for some reason.
2: Uh, I remember that. Uh, it's uh, no, I'm not seeing any Skeet.
1: Mm. No. But it's no. Blue. Yes. Yes. Oh, yes? yes. He plays Jethro Wheeler. Thank Good you. Yeah. yeah, you're right. I went deep on Skeet when I was watching this movie.
2: Sure. I mean, this really is the end of Skeet well, as a movie star. Jericho? Well, right. He does Jericho, move though? over to TV. He was on Jericho, Jericho uh, which was a post-apocalyptic TV show. And they right? canceled it and fans sent in spoons. And now it was Peanuts, I think. Oh, right. Someone else had spoons. And then yeah. he was referenced
1: in that little John song. Is skeet that right? Ulrich it oh. Ulrich. <laughs> 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 it's weird how they would always, on the radio edit, they would cut out you the Ulrichs. Yeah, I know. go skate, 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 skate. Alright. Alright.
2: <laughs> um come on, let's talk right. about the Lawrence Massacre, guys. Okay. I like that part. What? It's, a, it's distressing. Well, is favorite so this massacre? is like the most clearly like
3: cinematic reference is right. like this is the the scene at the end of the searchers. Yes um, yeah. where John Wayne and they go to like, you know, get that. And though, you know, Ford pulls a narrative toward Natalie Wood essentially and Mm -hmm. and we sort of avoid what's going on in that. But like that's clearly like what Angley is thinking about with like, I'm gonna do that scene, but I'm gonna show what actually happens in the camps. Right. That's another reference to something else, but that's not what I mean. In the in
2: the town. Yeah. No, just like, you know, walking into saloons and pulling out the men and shooting them.
1: Here's my hot take. It sucks. I fucking (laughs) hate it. Good yeah, filmmaking, not into it. Bad history, sure. <laughs> Don't like it. I think uh-huh. these guys are jerks. Yeah, I think they act like a bunch of fucking. I just love. The, I love
2: the mundanity of it, though. I, I it's yeah, well, especially well, after that big speech and that, like
1: you know. I, I think the masterstroke is how much it keeps on all. cutting back to that kid uh, uh, yeah. having to observe everything and ending it with the kid then shooting someone himself. Right. Wait, who's the who's
3: the character that follows um there's oh, a German, the German thing is so a good. There's the German guy yes. with the whiskey. And oh, is he it, is
2: so good.
3: And is it Cavizel who sticks with It's it? with Simon
2: Baker. I think. It's Simon Baker. Yes, yes, right. Right. And, ba- and he, he's... You want tobacco? You want tobacco? Right, exactly. Want tobacco? Baker, yeah. Baker is like dead in the eyes yeah. at this point. Yeah. But he's sort of like, hmm And then he finally shoots him right at the end there. Ugh. Yeah, that guy's good. That guy's really good. That guy's like uh, Mickey Mouse in Saving Private Ryan, where he's like so abuncular. Like, yeah. he's just like, this is how I'll save myself. Right? Yeah, right. Um, I'm trying to find the name of the actor, but
1: no. But it's gross because it's like it's the kind of scene you've seen in westerns where like you've you know you've acquitted yourself to the the townspeople, and then this big bad group rolls in and like causes havoc. And in this movie, the people causing havoc are the people you've been with for the last fucking ninety minutes, and it's just a bummer to watch.
2: Um, and you know, Toby isn't exactly heroic, but he's apathetic at mm. this point. He gets a good brunch. He gets a good brunch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, wait. I recognize those actors too. Who are those people? I Maybe not.
3: We haven't talked about his sort of doppelganger in this movie. That's like sort of the, his whole enemy. Um,
2: Jonathan Reese Myers? Yeah. The yeah. Jonathan
3: Reese Myers character <laughs> yeah. who's always, hey, uh, the Dutchie. How yeah. How you doing? Like that, that, he's got, I don't
1: even know what kind of accent he's, he's doing. He's kind of doing thing. a Dylan. <gasps> Uh, and this is an example yeah. of like you need to cast someone like Jonathan Rhys Meyers because you need to cast someone so visually distinctive. He's got such that a he, face; uh, stands out he every time you in cut to him in a goldmine. Like yeah, yeah.
2: he was, you know, I don't love him as an actor, but I can't deny the power of his face. It's he's so unusual looking. Yeah, yeah. He, he's
1: effective. He's a he's like a good piece of art design. Sure, right, exactly. He's well painted, <laughs> and he's kind of stripped down of a lot of his worst tendencies in this movie. I find him yeah. affecting in in the final scene. Yeah. Um, yeah, The
2: final scene is very good. I mean, yeah, it's
1: incredible. Uh, yeah. But but wait, who is it that? Because they have the run of of wanting the uh, the coffee, right? Mm-hmm. This brunch thing. Who is mm-hmm. it who makes the brunch?
2: It's like nice old people. I just thought yeah, I recognized yeah. the okay. actors, but maybe I, I can't. But, but I can't it's Jonathan
1: Rice Myers wants to come in and right. like
2: he's pull gonna, him gonna him shoot him. him. He's right. like,
3: well, we need to finish our brunch first.
2: Yeah, and he's so grumpy about it that um like he's not even he's not even like making a stand like it's not like he's you know, but it also doesn't even seem it's hard to tell what his motivations are in that scene like' cause he's not being. Uh, crafty but he is if that makes sense right Like, it almost seems like he just wants to fuck with Jonathan Reese Myers like he doesn't even really but, but care about this but getting at the idea
1: of this being this sort of like coming of age movie it's like they're these high schoolers full of hormone where it's yes. just no like, this is a coming like, of age movie yeah, status high schoolers. Yes. because it really just feels like bullying like th- this shit when it's they go into the it's a lot like town. well I'll
2: shoot you you,
3: know, you like, don't have right. Tobey Maguire looking at this scene and being like wow this is a horrible thing that I should not be doing exactly. like he's just right. sort
1: of you but know. It, but it's instead he's sort of of abstaining at this point says, it's oh, like the kid lunch. watching his friend get beaten up and not doing anything yeah. you know he also says vittles which is a constitutional requirement
2: for any Civil War yes, movie correct. you must say the word vittles um, at some point
1: but they just go so beyond in terms of like personal embarrassment like the level of what yeah. they try to do in, in this town in terms Learned. of just like yeah it, it also sucks. you know I halfway
2: know, through they're just like this
1: isn't this isn't very heroic it is just is it? Like, becomes I guess like, I thought we were gonna like fight people Right. Like, yeah yeah um when does Simon Baker get shot? Well then they have the battle with the un- with right. the actual union. Right. Soldiers. Then
2: they show. also we should mention their their scheme is that they ride in in the blue coats, right? Like they They pull them they off infiltrate. right before yes. the fight. They're right, like exactly. marching
3: up in like it's the one time they're actually like in an organized formation yeah. Yeah. of yeah. any type and then they pull them off and run right in. We yep. should
1: also mention that we watched this movie a week ago because we thought we were going to record and then there was a snowstorm. So we're a little foggier on it. Um but this is like the most traditionally big battle in the film. Uh yeah.
2: Sure. The it's one barely the a battle. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah. Um and it's it's yeah, it's just kind of like just death. Just muddy death. So, Simon Baker. We've got this battle, and like all the other battles, battle. I mean, right, you know.
3: I mean, and this is something I'm sure you guys will talk through like the entire series, but like Angley is like a very like smart filmmaker mm-hmm. like he the camera is always in the nice place but he's not yeah. he's not like the david fincher or kubrick type where it's like these very very exacting shots no, or whatever no exactly. not and at all
1: he's not meticulous he's not showy and no. the, it's one of the reasons why he's such a good close up filmmaker yeah. because uh he's really into the power of getting he loves he, physical
2: detail and the and right like facial, facial expression in order yes, to progress. Yes. The
1: and he story. likes the atmospheres
3: yeah. that he works in. I mean, this is a film that's full of atmosphere, so it's yes. the road back. So it's right. you know right. what it, it, I and mean. The all, that, all the right. sets of Hulk, for that matter. But, yeah, but that's so.
1: everyone talks about uh, on his sets, whether he is filming more on location or or what have you. Yeah. he spends a lot of time in the downtime while sets are being shot up, uh, set up, just sort of walking around, absorbing all of it, and really trying to get a sense of place which this movie certainly has yeah it's but it's
2: it's still ballsy to make your big western and your big civil war movie centered around it's just like an unambiguous act of terrorism, which yeah. is all that was. And also, really. not
1: have it end with them going like, "Oh, maybe we were wrong." Exactly. Like they don't
2: not only not end with that, not really end with like some punishment for the character. No, but like, it
1: does end
3: on actually, I think a very very different note. Go ahead. Um, well, do we want to get let's let's get there? Oh, but okay, I think you mean later, you know, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: No, but, absolutely. But it's not like it ends with like. I mean, for example, like you could have kept Skeet until now and then he dies tragically here. Right. And Toby's like, oh, like, uh, I think this is terrible. We should never have, you know, like, oh, the cost, the human cost.
1: There's neither redemption nor punishment.
2: No. And like and his quote unquote heroic act is sparing uh, the the nice egg makers (laughs) from like a psycho who wants to shoot them it feels like so Hold unheroic. on, he's not a
1: psycho. I mean, I relate to this guy. So he hates Jane. eggs. Jo- Jonathan Rice Myers? Yeah, he <laughs> hates eggs and he wants to murder anyone who likes eggs. I mean, I relate to this. <laughs> right. I think he's the most sympathetic character in the film. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. People who like eggs are monsters. Uh-huh. Eggs are for lunatics. You, are you almost done? All egg fans should be... You
3: wondering. know what you need to do is what? when you're scrambling eggs, if you drop a little bit of lemon in the scramble before you fry it, well, that's to where you get chef. the acid. Because you need to have a little of your acid with your salt and
1: fat. Peter. How dare you imply that I would ever scramble an egg. Okay.
3: <laughs> Anyways, drop that lemon. The It'll
1: disgrace! Help.
3: Um. Okay, so Simon to... Baker dies. He, he, yeah. Yeah. And Jonathan Rice Myers tries to shoot Jeffrey Wright? Yes.
2: Yes. An- another guy tries to attack him, too. Yeah, Simon Baker dies, and
3: Toby gets shot too.
2: Uh-huh. Toby gets shot. They both get shot. Yeah, yeah. Uh, in the leg. Yep, I think. Uh, as they're fleeing, essentially, mm-hmm. right?
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, and then they go back Bad to Tom,
3: Tom Wilkinson and Margot Martindale. It's yeah.
2: true, and Tom Wilkinson's like, "Oh, hi, <laughs> like, you guys again." Uh, FYI, Jules pregnant. No, she's <laughs> like, got her baby. Right, right. exactly. Jules gave birth. Yeah. Right, and she's twice because Jules already a widow <gasps> when we meet Correct. her. Right, so she's already a woman of the world. That's sort of an underrated aspect of yeah. her character. Right, is that Toby McGuire is such a boy about mm-hmm. certain things. Well, he's killed seventeen he's, men. I think it's fifteen, but he's killed many men. Okay. Uh, whereas she's sort of been around the block a couple of times.
1: Yes, um, probably my favorite scene in the film yep. is uh, Toby and uh, Jeffrey in bed together. Yeah. They start sleeping. I mean, this is where the yeah. film yeah. kind
2: of goes from like great to amazing yeah. for me. Like this whole weirded. last. So, oh, act. That's, yeah. I, I'm all so about ambitious. the last yeah, 45 minutes of this movie. Yeah.
1: And I, I got to just put out there that I have my struggles with the first hour and 30. Well,
2: the first act of the movie, especially the snow, you know, the winter and, hunkering down is challenging. And, and like and the like to begin your movie stuff. with that. Right. Yeah. yeah. And like, right. It has a lot of skeet. Right. Who's okay. Yeah, There's uh, and, a real chill factor at work here. Until we get to the skeet shooting. I'm going to get just a lot of chill factor. Until the skeet shooting. Mm-hmm.
1: Do you see what I did there? No. Skeet get shot. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Skeet shooting is also a thing. I got you. Yeah. yeah. Skeet skeet. All right, all
2: right. Peter, save us. <laughs> Say um, something smart. So
1: Jules pregnant, and Toby McGuire has to sit there
3: and hold the baby. Yes, yes he and does. He's gotta sit there and uh, be like, "I'm holding a baby." It's true,
2: and what he goes it? from like holding a baby—that's not man's work—to right. like, yeah. "I'm kind of into holding this yeah. baby." I'm I mean, good the, at it. the whole <laughs> thing
3: though is like when he gets there, it's like Jules had this kid. Yep. Why aren't you marrying this? Yeah, because it's yeah. like the Bible and says, like, your yep. brother
2: dies, you got to take up his. duty. no, no. Everyone thinks
1: know. that. Toby's the father, that's the thing. Oh, right. right. It was that's that the whole too. thing. Right. And he's like, like right. um, excuse me, uh boys roll, girls roll. Excuse yeah. me, I'm the And uncle. and I think
3: yeah. uh, there's there's like Wilkinson, there's a cousin that comes as like doesn't matter. You're the father. Yep. I don't care who it is, but you are the father now. Well, excuse
1: yep. me, Get circle, on that circle, marriage. dot, dot, dot. Now I got my cootie shot. <laughs> he hates girls. He does hate girls. Yeah. He likes war. Yes.
2: And having long hair. Right. Yeah. And shooting people. Yeah. He thinks he likes that stuff at least.
1: And now he starts to become genuine buddies with uh, Jeffrey Wright. Yeah, with Holt. Yeah. With Holt. Daniel Holt. He starts talking about, they have this one... night. God Ang Lee's really good at scenes where people talk to each other without looking at each other yeah oh yeah he's really good at shooting those
2: we we should also say the dialogue in this movie this movie is written by Sheamus. James Seamus yeah. yes mm-hmm. James she- it's very flowery and very like accurate to the time like mm-hmm. it's not trying to do the thing a lot of period dramas do where they're like well let's just have him talk a little more naturally no and mm-hmm. it can be, you know, it's sort of like appropriating how they. Yeah,
3: Seamus really likes adaptation. Like he just finds yes. it an interesting, like, uh, thing. Like I'll, my so my relationship yeah, with talk James. Talk about it, you is, know, um, Jimmy. Yeah, um, Jay. He teaches at Columbia University, where sure. I did both an undergrad and an MA at one point. He mm-hmm. he only teaches. He does not teach production. He does not teach producing. Okay. He teaches film theory. Mm-hmm. This is his like. Mandate, I yeah. will only teach the most useless stuff of film <sighs> academia.
2: Right. Uh, right. this is
3: like his sort of thing. yeah, I'm not gonna so, give
2: you any practical tips here, no. but right, he even te- though I was the head of a studio practically,
3: yeah. so he teaches this graduate course. It was like and when I took it, it was like his last year before he was fired from focus, um when sure. like Anna Karina was bombing and all these films were bombing. It was her first red year actually that was his only red oh, wow. year in Focus's yeah.
1: history was that year
2: and that Jeez, was the year fire him come. for that it's yeah. like
1: fucking firing um, Popovich
2: if he anyway exactly it. but so, also
1: Focus was like what if we suck now yeah, <laughs> that was right. their whole like business sort of reorganization strategy
3: so he teaches a class for mostly MFA students and a couple of master students called scene narrative mm-hmm. and he doesn't really tell you what the class is about but you're gonna right. you're gonna do a very very intense discussion you're gonna start with um, Shakespeare sonnets then you're going to read Ooh. a lot of Plato. Then you're going to read a lot of 16th century Renaissance art theory. So Lessing and Alberti. Um, then we did three weeks of Kant, uh, uh-huh. critique of critique of judgment, which is the whole idea of aesthetic. Then we read a couple – we did some poetry. We did some John Ashbery, recently passed away, great poet. Uh, we read a novel called Tanazaki's The Key. Which is one of the great unfilmable novels. You can read this in a couple hours. I highly recommend it. It's about, cool. it's a Japanese novel about, um, it's, it's an epistolar, it's two diaries that you're reading back and forth between a husband and wife. And at various points, you learn that they're reading each other's diaries. So then you have to rethink the entire way oh, that you're cool. looking at it. So it's a great novel.
1: And so at the does end, does Scooby Doo the- get its own semester <laughs> or is that? <laughs> I'm just running through yeah. the tenets of sort of narrative here. Yeah. yeah. So then at the end, it's
3: like the idea is I think he really is kind of interested in the idea of like what narrative is and how then you visualize it. And I don't know if I, quote unquote, like learned anything in the class. Mm-hmm. I, I ended up writing a final paper about Kant and Stan Brakhage
1: because it just seemed right for the class. And he's like, that's fine with me. Um, He is one of these guys, these rare examples of someone who seems to have pulled off a a human hat trick in the film industry where he has a lot of real intellect and creative integrity, really sharp business acumen, and he is a human being and not a monster. Yeah. He
3: has a PhD from Berkeley. He's got a book on Carl Theodore Dreyer. He's got this entire chapter, if you've seen the movie Gertrude. There's a fake Renaissance painting in Gertrude. This is like Dreyer's last film from the 60s, one of like the hardcore art cinema movies of all time. And it's this fake Renaissance painting of like Venus being ripped together in dogs. He's got an entire chapter just deconstructing that painting.
1: James Hammer's fucking rules. He, he, he he's, sounds
3: he's pretty so cool. awesome. Yeah, and yeah. like, you know,
2: he like. I have never seen Gertrude. Now I wanna see Gertrude. Yeah.
3: I mean, that, that's, a, that's a, you know, get ready for it movie. Um, <laughs> sure. I feel like that way
2: about a lot of dryer that I have seen. Yeah. yeah.
3: But uh, yeah, no, Seamus is smart. I mean, sure. when I had him on my podcast, you can check it out, The Cinephiliacs. How's um, but there's a great interview I have with James Seamus um, and I asked him about making sort of middle-brow movies, right? Focus mm-hmm. Features, this is sure. middle brow it's studio. a middle-brow studio. Sure, it's classic yeah. along um, with Sony
2: Pictures Classics.
3: <laughs> and, you know, kind of been talking about like, because this is a guy that, you know, he knows his barks, he knows his like all these mm-hmm. sort of things buying into like whatever late capitalism is uh in our days. Mm-hmm. Um And he's like, you know, Brokeback Mountain started a conversation. Like, you can't deny that. Like, yeah. you know, we may change however small or slim you want to say. Like, you know, we also fit into a market we knew what we were doing. I was the one who did talk to me. The is it Cassie Lemons who directed? Which is that a great film? movie. Yeah. like yeah. Yeah. you actually look at the focus movie. record, pretty good with no, women and, and did, people yeah. of color. And absolutely, and, like,
2: and even like movies like the Motorcycle Diaries yeah. or whatever that are like you know being presented as these sort of old people movies. Like these are movies about you know interesting knows, outside of the. Realm so that's kind of what makes things. like Ride
3: yeah. with the Devil interesting as his yeah. flop is he's pretty good at knowing what his
2: audiences are and this one. Didn't go. No, this one didn't go. But, but I appreciate the effort. I think it's beautifully adapted. Uh, so uh, let's talk about the end of Ride with the Devil, guys. So Tom yeah. Wilkinson is being very
3: mysterious. He's got to go into town, and Jeffrey Wright is uh, going to come with I, him. I really enjoyed and this. Margot Martindale movie.
1: is making a chicken. She's making a fucking and chicken. And Toby
3: McGuire is suspicious. They don't make, you don't do a
1: roast chicken. He, oh, he oh, had yes. a whole conversation with I'm her sorry. about the chicken. We did go over my favorite scene. What? We skipped over, oh, which is bed? Jeffrey Wright and Tom McGuire in The Bed. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Jeffrey you talked Wright about talks it. about the fact that he now feels free for the first time. Right. Yeah. Yes. So yes. it says, is a, it's a gorgeous piece of acting You've from always from been free. Wright. And he's like, that, that wasn't freedom. Right. You know, he talks about, oh, he says, you know, he's talking about uh, Baker's death. And he goes, I know what you're feeling. You're feeling the loss. Right. And he goes, it's not a loss, it's a freedom. Yeah. This is the first time I've actually felt free. Even though he's clearly moved by the death of Simon Bay. I mean, he's very, you know, he's very affected by it. And he was still. close to him, but it was also, it was this kind of abusive relationship uh, in a yeah. lot of ways. Yeah. right? And uh, for the first time, Jeffrey Wright is feeling empowered to like, that that he can pursue his own life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he expresses his intent to Tobe Maguire to leave. He has to go out on his own and make his way. Uh, yes, that's true. Yeah, that's right. true. So they're both going to depart together. And then what happens? But writes we, in we on to this. we are gonna make a roast chicken. Writes
2: in on the chicken scheme. Yeah. yeah.
1: Oh yeah.
3: Everyone's in the scheme except for Toby McGuire. Yeah. Toby McGuire. Because we had a, a scene dumbass. where Toby and Jewel talk about maybe oh, getting married. God. He's like, Oh hell no. That's a I great am scene. out of this.
2: I am like. And she talks about his nub, or he yeah. talks about yeah. his nub. Who gives the first nub jab? I mean, everyone's talking about nubs. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, where he's just like. Huh, if I thought about it, I would never want to marry you, ever. Never. Girls are gross. Yeah. I, I like killing people. Yeah. I hear you
1: eat boogers. Go yeah. away.
2: He's great in these. I I, I love childish Toby Maguire. Toby
1: yeah, Tobey is great at hating women.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, is there a New York Times article coming uh, soon? I don't know. I
2: don't, I don't, know. Know. I don't, I don't know about that. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't about know. About just the journalistic game. press. <laughs> um... So, but yes, the chicken's being roasted as we discussed off mic. It's a good looking chicken. Great chicken. I mean, the the at the end of the dinner, just a good close up on the chicken. It's a nice just
3: like that's, chicken. that's that's it's like his Ozu pillow shot. It's like <laughs> yeah, is the shot of the chicken. Good chicken.
2: That was a chicken that fire roasted. You know. Yes.
1: Yeah.
2: Yes. Um, Use because, a cast iron when you cook chicken. Uh, if oh yeah, want to, yeah. Maybe put a brick on it. right? No, 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 no. Some people like you, to no do brick, that.
3: Just just. Put it in side, the oven, cast iron. You're gonna because you're gonna get crispy from the top, but you're also the cast right. iron's gonna get warm the bottom. Up, yeah. Don't need to flip it. Just put in, and then you can make a really good sauce with all the drippings that come out. Lo- what what about drippings. like a like a DVD copy of brick? Would that on top of the it track, is very it? heavy. It's, I don't it's know. a heavy. You're picture. gonna get a rubbery, plastic. Okay, that's
2: that's taste maybe the it, issue. I think. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah. a little bit of meltage <sighs> might occur. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. No. Tom's gone to get the priest. Because it's time for Toby to marry Jewel. Priest is very excited about the chicken. First thing he says, enters the house, says, I I smell that chicken.
1: chicken. I mean, I think it's a rough time right now in
2: Missouri. You might not eat a lot of chicken.
1: I also just like that it feels like it's like the end of the five-year engagement or something. Yeah, right. Uh, Yeah, silly kids are getting married if it's the last thing I do. Yeah, and Jeffrey writes in on it. Yeah. It's very cute.
3: Toby has his talk with Jewel. Is like, I guess we can do this. Yeah, he's
2: like, I thought you didn't like the nub, though. And she's like, yeah. It's kind of cute. I didn't get into the nub. Yeah, know. he's like, "Well, all right." You can,
3: then. you can maybe not do regular things in the yeah. nub, but you can do other things. I mean, I'm DTN. Mm. <laughs> down and nub, down and nub. Um, what else? So I mean, they get married, they and they get married. Then, and- then we get the Jeffrey Wright has to tell Toby what's going on. Yeah, you got
1: to sleep in, in a bed with a wife. Yeah, he tries to take off his socks, get in bed with Jeffrey Wright. He's like, "This is home base. <laughs> I'm used to this. This is comfortable." Yeah, right. <laughs> Jeffrey Wright's like, "You fucking fool. Go over there." And Jewel's like, "Yeah, you are a fucking fool. He is. Sex? Ever heard of
2: it? Right? Because she's like, are you a virgin?'" And he's like, "I've killed many men." And she's like, men.
1: Mm, that's kind of the
3: opposite of you know what I'm right, talking exactly. about. Yeah,
2: not going for that." She's yeah. got
3: to take off all his drawers and everything. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: And, uh,
1: she seems to like the pain. Sure. There's yeah. a moment where she she, she gets a good stand-up. glances down, takes a little peek of the pink yeah, yeah, satisfied. Flashes oh, a. We totally forgot one of the smile. most
3: crucial things that happens at this house in these scenes leading up is Toby McC. Guire, staring at Jules' nipple. Yeah, the that breastfeeding. Is, that is the yeah. breastfeeding thing. I know, He yeah. is really into watching the breastfeeding. Yeah. He,
2: it's like he's literally, it's same, when, same with holding the baby where he's like, geez, I guess I I, I never thought about yeah. it before. I guess they need to drink milk and be held. Wait, yeah.
1: Babies are nice. Boobs <laughs> is cool. What is going on
2: here? <laughs> mm. I thought that all I wanted to do was shoot people. Yeah. Um, then it's, he cuts his hair. It's a kind of age story, but yeah. the
1: age he's coming of is like 10. <laughs> <laughs>
2: But that's the thing. Once you cut his hair, he's practically like a fucking 50-year-old dad. You and know what I mean? That's like, a
1: great line where they go like, you almost look like you're 21 again now. And he's like, I'm still 19. <laughs> and they're like, oh, <laughs> fuck.
2: God, Jesus. Jesus. The Civil War really puts some years on oh, a person. City miles. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um Yeah. So then we get to this really I mean, so they're gonna take off and they yeah. gotta sneak through town they, they're because they're going of, on
1: their wagon trail. They're, they're gonna still wanted to go fugitives. west. They're still fugitives. wanted fugitives. They're I taking mean, an Uber trail, they're gonna drop Jeffrey Wright off early. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. Um, Going to California.
2: No, yeah. but yeah, the last crucial scene is the showdown, quote unquote showdown. Right. Well, you know, it's kinda of like the Reese film Myers.
3: that it reminds me of that comes later is um a film that I will really stand for, and I feel most people don't, is the truth about Charlie, Jonathan, Demi's remake, to make of Charade, yes. with Tim Robbins, that's and you get to take. this, um, yeah, you get this really amazing ending at the. So it's like Mark Wahlberg and uh, Fandie Newton and uh, Tim Robbins, and everyone's holding guns in the rain and everything, and then they put the guns down, and that's like the end of the movie, is they put the guns down. They just
1: walk away from it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Right. They they decide to not kill each other. <gasps> And that's kind of at the end of this movie. Yes, you get this moment. So. You think you know, it's
2: going to be like a final shootout, or and some like sort of Ang, you know, every, setting yes, it all yes, up. Yes, like little right. detail shot here, and, click of the gun. And the character, the Jonathan
1: Reese Myers character, has only been a psycho. So yeah. it's not
2: like we think, like, oh, he'll have chilled out.
1: Well, yeah, you almost like, go and, like, oh, that's why the character's been in the movie up until this point. Like right. he's had a weird amount of close-ups for how unimportant he's been. Sure, right. It's yeah, he'll be all the button for on the movie. Right. And and his
3: whole plan is he's still going to go into town where it's like. They tell him like they're gonna arrest you immediately, and right. he's yes. like i want I think he says he wants a beer or something or yeah. like you know right
1: that's what makes him scary. you're yeah. like, this guy's crazy, he's got nothing he's to crazy. lose but but this is my my mo- kill him for sport, and this is the moment that then you realize that
3: what are we doing here? like yeah. what has all of this none of this has mean anything? There's no reason we can't just both go in our way yeah, yeah. war
1: is done the war's over
3: we yeah. can we can. We can live again. Yeah. Yeah. And let's just live. Yeah. And that's kind of like a really powerful thing for like this Civil War movie to like end on. And that's where I think like, you know, the film's weird amorality kind of plays into this. So it's like, it is just like, it doesn't matter. And this is where I think, I think this is where you get the Seamus check. I think like Seamus is a big fan of like, the Bud Bedecker and the Anthony Mann Westerns of the mm-hmm. 50s, the sort of psychological Western right uh, that's the, that going the tall on.
1: Tall
3: Yeah, Tall T was yeah. a film that we discussed in my podcast uh, with him. Um, but he's really into these films that um, have this sort of sense that there's a strong moral, but it's just not this sort of preach moral it just kind of comes out awkwardly into scenes and moments and that's Mm. where this film kind of ends but then pretty
1: pointedly the movie ends Mm. on Jeffrey Wright now that they've made it through it's this sort of goodbye where the two guys God, Jeffrey Wright has a moment that he plays it's a thing that when actors are able to pull it off it it almost instantaneously destroys me mm-hmm, mm-hmm. where as he's saying goodbye to Tobey Maguire, he starts to break emotionally. Right. Mm. And then he shows that he's surprised that he's breaking emotionally mm. yeah. and it all happens in a millisecond. Um, but they, they, uh, they pull a classic, call me by your name. Uh, they call each other by their names. No, they call each other by each other's names. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. I'm going to call you by your name. Right. Yeah. Um, and, uh, they, uh, it it ends with Toby watching him ride off, but the final final shot is yeah. him riding off. This yeah. guy now finally gets to. He's have He's going
2: to Texas. A He's life. Try and find sorts. his mother. Yes. Um, he. I mean, if I was him, I'd go north. But you know, I understand. Mm-hmm. It's very poetic and moving, but yeah. also just Jesus. Yeah. It doesn't, um. Very rocky. But I mean, and it's important, right? I mean, I just feel like it's as much as you want, maybe some sort of moral, uh, <laughs> reckoning mm-hmm. at the end of this movie. It's like. He's saying, like, yeah, there might have been a triumph of the South, but mostly these people just stayed in the country, right? Yeah, yeah. And a lot of them did move west, maybe, or move around. But like, uh, we did just kind of pick the country up and drop it, like, mm-hmm. and that's. I feel it's it's very like, it's 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 a good signaling of the next forty years in this country's history. Yeah, like everything yeah. that we're talking about, both the Jeffrey Wright arc and the Jonathan Rees Myers, yeah, sort so, of you know, and usually we talk conclusion. about the
3: Western. Yes. As a genre, as basically a post Civil <laughs> yes, War genre. War. Right. 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 The Western when everything's emerges sort of shaken up. out yes. of it. Yes. And that's sort of like, you know, that final shot, it's like it is like the big Western landscape mm. shot. Mm-hmm. And like you get the sense that Gorgeous this whole movie. film has just been setting up these narrative dialects that are gonna then play out through the genre. Well, mm-hmm. that played out through the genre for the last hundred years of cinema. Yeah. But, you know, and and novels and television and what have you. Yeah. Um I've always wanted to see there's this really interesting television series that's being made in the south called the ghost riders or something uh that's like a post-civil war about a bunch of confederate soldiers who then go around the south like trying to um you know right wrongs and it's a western it was super popular in the south in the 60s right around the same time of brown v the board um interesting Huh. didn't place so well
1: in the north
2: I but, can't uh, imagine it did yeah now
1: none of us have seen a the theatrical version of this film right no, I think the I first haven't. time I did I okay. saw it I don't remember sure. I, I so it's not, it's not tell fundamentally different
3: I could not tell you one difference between it's the two. maybe just a little well expanded. the director's
2: cut added 10 minutes yeah so I mean clear. but yes I don't know if there's any it like, doesn't major sound like it's a change. I think it's just more know, more of, scenes right, yeah. right. Uh, probably at the beginning I would imagine I, I would imagine he beefed up the beginning a little more this movie got uh Mixed reviews. Uh huh. Um, and it made no money. It made no money. I do like uh, Wesley Morris said that it was downright hot blooded in the nameless violence going on. Uh, never has never has this war been filmed with such ragged glory. The boys grasping at their rifles look like trigger happy rock stars. So much that they threatened to transform the film into a great hair movie. Just wanted to get to that. <laughs> oh
1: yeah, I'm, I'm this of, movie made six
2: hundred thirty-five thousand yeah. dollars, which is <laughs> insane. Um, on a thirty-eight million dollar budget.
1: I'm of two minds on this movie. Yeah, it's a colossal flop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm of two minds on this movie because I think the Jeffrey Wright of it is the most interesting part of the movie. Oh yeah, I just think
2: this movie is straight up amazing.
1: See, yeah. I can't. I wish I was a hundred percent in on it. Uh huh. And I don't feel like an active, um, sort of resistance to it. But it's like, I love the structural game of. Apparently, Angley pitched it to Jeffrey Wright as this is a movie about an emerging character, both okay. in terms of the narrative, the character emerges, and this character emerging into his own. Could be a prequel to like a Django Unchained sort of thing. It, it feels
2: like, right. It's so much more melancholy. Right, but right. Yeah. right. Yeah. But yeah. in
3: terms of like someone who's going to go south and, you know, quote unquote, sure. revenge. Sure. <laughs> right. I mean, what you're saying about it is like, this is a film in which part of what makes it interesting and unique is more about what it isn't doing than what right. it is does. Moralizing. And it's always sort right. of a harder film to then like truly
1: grasp in a way. And it's pointedly yeah. not focusing on the most interesting character in the film for the majority of the film to make a point. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, both effective and frustrating.
2: But it's also, like, a movie about, like, how the war changed this country yes. for the worse in a lot of ways, yep. and, you know, for the better, obviously, in a lot of ways. You know, Everything's terrible. And, and how it left a lot of people sort of, like, with no future, mm-hmm. you know.
3: And I don't think it could have been, like, an HBO miniseries kind of no. thing, because no. you wouldn't have a film in which, or a TV series, like, where the Jeffrey Wright character ends and uh, now he's the most important character going on to season two or whatever. No, I it think has it, to be this weird yeah,
1: film. I think two and it and a half ends in just the right place. Yeah. I, I I buy more into the film the further it goes on, yeah. and perhaps it's a movie the more I sit with it. Or if I ever see it again, will will play differently for me. Yeah, um, but I liked it. Um.
2: So it is number fifty six in Box Office Mojo's Pop Star debuts Jeez. category. Okay, number Can you guess one. Guess number one. The Bodyguard. Uh, Austin Powers and gold member,
1: oh, that makes sense.
2: I don't think yeah, the bodyguard's number three okay, Dunkirk is number two.
1: Mm. Harry Styles
2: I, I
3: still guys. have no idea who he is in that movie but he's in it. I, I don't he's know gonna... what Harry Styles looks like, and he's they all fuck. look the exact same, so
2: yeah,
1: he's got good hair uh this
2: he's got movie open this movie opened number fifty. Uh, on November 26, 1999, a weekend to in which $64,000 on 11 screens. And I know so not great.
1: I know it's number 1 at the box office. Yeah, go ahead. Toy Story 2. Yeah. Uh a Toy weekend, Story 2 which is expanded. In infamy. Yeah. Uh,
2: it's in its second weekend. It has made $80 million, which is very impressive.
1: Yeah. So good
2: for Toy Story 2.
1: Great for Toy Story too. Sure,
2: your favorite movie
1: at the time that was like kind of the one of the biggest opening weekends ever. I mean, it was a five day.
2: Uh, sure, right. But it, it
1: it blew the doors off <laughs> Hollywood. <laughs> number
2: two, this is we're playing the box office yep. game, Peter. Uh, number two is uh, a Bond movie. I don't know. The world Figure is not out. enough. There you go.
3: Yeah. Is that the one where um, Christmas in Turkey? That's Never right. had Christmas in Turkey. Yes, I Denise thought, yeah. Richards.
2: Christmas came early this year. Christmas
1: yeah. Jones is that her name?
2: Yes, mm. Doctor Christmas Jones. She's a nuclear Christmas
1: scientist. Came early. Get uh, out of here. Yeah, rest of that movie. Bra-
2: that's also the one where uh, M watches Bond fuck Christmas on Ugh. a heat cam, where like she's like, you know, you know, Q is like, this is a heat camera. We can look at the heat signatures, and then like. There's like, what's that reading over there? And then you see uh, them boning down. You know, I was just remembering with a few people the other week
3: that like there was the Madonna video for Die Another Day, which features her being tortured in a North Korean prison. (laughs) Yes. Like that was a object of media. That, like, historians will be looking There's at. Sure, 100 a years a scene from in now. the
1: movie in which she fences Bond because contractually she wouldn't do the song unless she was allowed to fight Bond in the movie. Yeah,
2: she plays, yeah, she's got some puns, I think, as well. And yeah. movies. Man. The World's Not Enough is Better Than Die Another Day. Uh, it's got Robert Carlisle uh, in it. He's the villain. He's got the fight at the yeah, end, Russian sub. Yeah, Russian sub. It's like uh, it's like the first half is the Sophie Marceau stuff. Right. And she's kind of the real villain. I've yeah. never seen that one. Oh, it's weird. That. It's yeah. not very good, but it has this like edge of darkness to it where Brosnan shoots Sophie Marceau in cold blood. Okay. And you're kind of like,
1: whoa. Uh, Who directed it?
2: Uh, Michael
1: Afted, I think. No, I think he did Tomorrow Never Dies.
2: No, no, it's no. Michael Afted. Yeah. Ro- Ro- Roger Spottiswood. Really? Or whatever did Tomorrow Never Dies. Roger
1: Spottiswood. Yeah.
2: Okay. All right. Number three is. Uh, um, Toy Story 2. No. Number three is. A, a the first hell movie, movie to be number one and number three at the box office. <laughs> from in the same Hell? Weekend. Not from Hell. It's a hell movie? Yeah, it's like an apocalyptic hell demon oh, movie. Oh, oh, oh. End of Days? End of Days. Oh. Thank you. Arnold Schwarzenegger and Gabriel Byrne? Yeah. It's a Peter Hyams movie, the yeah. director of Good. Running Scared. Running Scared. Uh, which we covered Father on this podcast. Father Joe
1: Hyams. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: Uh, I wonder if he shot it like he likes to shoot his movies. I think so. Uh, Let's find out. I'm not going to rest until I know that information. Come on, Wi-Fi. You can do it. Yes, he did. He shot it.
1: Number four at the box office. Yeah,
2: okay, fine. It's uh, Toy Story 2. No, it's a movie. Hmm. How do you describe this movie? Uh, It's based on a famous American short story. Like a Toy Story? No. Is it the second
1: Mm -hmm. Toy Story? No. Be quiet. Be quiet? Uh, It was a big hit.
2: it's like a gothic horror movie. Period Sleepy piece. Hollow.
1: Sleepy Hollow. Uh-huh.
2: In its second weekend, eighteen million dollars. Like big hit. Big hit. Yeah, Tim H- 100 Burton. Hundred million.
1: R rated picture. Yeah, Johnny that was, Depp. That was Johnny Depp's first hundred million dollar movie. Yeah, it was. Which like, is weird to think about. The
2: emergence of him. Of, he had yeah. not
1: had a a full stop blockbuster up until that point. Uh, and then number
2: five is a movie I think we just discussed, or it might have been on a future episode because I can't remember how the chronology lines up. Uh, It's the first film in a long series
1: of animated films.
2: 1999. We we were discussing this the other day.
1: Uh, On mic? Yeah, I think so. So we were discussing one of the later entries? Yeah, number
2: three, I think. How many are there in total? It's like so many, but only three got American releases.
1: Oh, it is Pokemon, the first movie. Yes. Can you You tell me how much?
2: Mewtwo. Can you tell me how much that made in America? 86. 85.
3: That was Very my birthday close. movie that year. All my buddies went to yeah. go watch Pokemon, the first movie in theaters for my birthday. Did you have a good time? I think so. I saw I it. I remember. Our better, our better one was um, when we pulled out the VHS of Swordfish, though, uh, oh. the next year. Yeah. For, for various reasons.
1: Yep. Two um, reasons I in particular. Two, I, love got, I got those two reasons yeah. for you. Hugh and Jackman. Two reasons why. <laughs> <Yeah>.
2: Um. <laughs>
1: Um, no, Other movies, I, I, you got, you got know- The Bone
2: Collector, which apparently there was some bone collecting going on with you guys. Okay,
1: stop it! Uh,
2: you got Dogma, Kevin Smith's uh, anarchic... Biblical Which,
1: action boy, movie. Which, could 11-year-old Griffin tell you how smart that movie oh, boy. was? <laughs> could,
2: could and 11-year-old boy, year old
1: Griffin be more wrong? <laughs> boy, could 29-year-old Griffin beat the shit out of 11-year-old Griffin? <laughs> Probably. Yeah. Even sick Griffin? Yeah,
2: 100%. Uh, we've got The Insider. We've got Being John Good. Malkovich. we got The Sixth Sense, American Beauty, the big uh, movies of 99. And all the way down at number 50... Right above Extreme in IMAX, which is in its 35th week. Jeez. And right below the the wonderful American movie, the documentary. What uh, is yeah. doing
3: the Oscars this year? Like, it's American Beauty. American but Beauty,
2: like, Sixth Sense, Green Mile. Uh, what else is in there? 99 Insider. Insider. Okay. Okay. Bean John Malkovich
1: uh, Kasane for director. Yeah, what's oh, the, uh, uh, uh,
2: the Cider House Rules? Yeah. Like, it's like kind of a great year for American movies, but almost none of them it's actually play enough enough the, for the Oscars. Oscar. Yeah. But I'm
3: wondering, like, what is, I mean... You you look at this and you say, like, I get I get why people who watch the film were not maybe the most excited about it, but you don't know why did the audiences just like not show
2: I think it's some mix of like the reviews weren't strong right. enough and well, this was, like, the, the subject matter is run. so naughty and confusing. Yes. It's about yeah. like these like ostensibly villainous people. Uh-huh. And it's not a movie that really varnishes that. So it's sort of like it is kind of about these villainous people. But this
1: was also the two year run of like USA films. Yeah, it was
2: a USA film, which, of course, will turn into focus features. Right. And
1: they had some success, but they were better at edgy than they were at prestige,
2: Right. Because they had traffic the next year. John
1: Malkovich did well for them. Uh, Gosford Park is kind of the outlier but yeah, it was I mean, all the question is who's
2: this being sold to you know, who's think, your audience I don't here? think they knew how to sell it because you got this it, young yeah. cute cast but you're you know I don't think the teens are gonna come out for yeah. a Civil War movie
1: no and Jewel was like a big star but she also wasn't someone who had like a rabid fan base like she didn't have believers yeah, yeah. she didn't have jewelers I don't know maybe she did maybe she did Julie's.
2: Julie's. Anyway, it uh, didn't work out
1: for it. Juice? They platform Maybe it. they called them Jews. Yeah, they called them Jews. Uh,
2: they platform it, it. Yeah, as you said, its biggest release was uh, 60 screens.
1: Yeah. It's, I mean, that's, it's an insane gross. Yeah. And what's crazy is you go like, man, imagine someone like Ang Lee having a film at that budget level that makes less than a million dollars and then he does it again later in this miniseries.
2: You know what yeah. they should have done because of Jewel being in the movie is what? they should have uh, had it at a bunch of drive throughs Sure. With, you know. Car. Li- yeah. The car Lived in one. What they should have done actually Ben. <laughs> it's amazing that we've already talked about Jewel on this podcast.
1: Ben. Ben. Rather than uh, show a the movie. <laughs> show Jewel bit. Rather than show the movie at drive-thrus, they should have mm. taken a screen from car to car. The cars should have stayed parked. Right. And they moved the screen over to where those. <laughs> Do you have
2: anything you want to add, Peter?
1: Cars were parked About ride in with a van devil, down by the road. Because we're all done. No, I mean, I, I think I've gotten
3: all my points. You know, yeah. I guess by the time the film's getting released, they've already shot. Crouching Tiger yes yeah. yes because so, that was a
2: long shoot so yes. they might
3: know that like okay at least when this doesn't work well I mean Crouching Tiger is still like that yeah, how, yeah. how does that film make 100 million Right, exactly I don't think they're that's thinking
2: like, like luckily I, we have our bankable Chow Yun yeah, fat right. period martial arts movie coming yeah no you know. I think his yeah. thought
1: is maybe well if I get like ran out of the west I can go back to making films in the east I sure, think that's yeah. maybe his line of thinking I don't think he thinks that Crouching Tiger is going to rehabilitate yeah. his standing in the American. I box mean, office. his
2: his arc from here, like Crouching Tiger, Hulk is down from that. You know, yeah. broke back is a hit, and then yeah. lost caution. Like it's like the weirdest yeah. chart.
3: Yeah. I'll repeat this. James Sheamus tells us if you listen to the outtake at the end of the Sinofelix, please. Let him, you know, so they pitch so. Um, James Seamus is where, you know, they've pitched uh, uh, the Hulk to mm-hmm. Universal and they're totally like the idea of 50s monster movie, right? Yeah. That we're going to just go back and do like Invisible Man essentially right. all yes, over yes. with all this Freudian stuff and they're totally into it. And James Seamus goes to go see his buddy Toby in Spider-Man he opening weekend. Oh, yeah. Opening weekend, goes to the theater, gets out, calls Aang and says, we're totally fucked. <laughs> we are fucked royally with what we're doing with this movie but we can't stop
1: it's a genre now and they have yeah. expectations of what it's going right. to be. Right.
2: You can't do like a, a weird metaphorical take
1: on a superhero movie. You just need to do a just superhero movie. just seen a movie. movie in May 2002 end with Spider-Man on a flagpole next to the American yep. flag. Right. As Chad Kroger's hero started playing. <laughs> yeah. And America wow. was like, yeah! and he was like, huh. And
2: Hulk's going to be basically perceived as the follow-up to this? Right. Like, yep. great. Right. Yeah.
1: And it's a movie about how fathers ruin their children. <laughs>
2: good movie we're good gonna movie. talk about American it American yeah.
1: Masterpiece Peter thank you so much for being on the show yes. oh it's absolutely a pleasure thank you guys so much for inviting me Cinephiliacs uh, yes. people should check it out um, and look for my book on the history
3: of entertainment law in about like five to seven years Hell Fantastic. I'm on the work on it it's yes. gonna be great Hell you're yeah. gonna rethink the new Hollywood it's all it's a kind of about oh, the birth of blank checks
1: hey it could also help me figure out how to negotiate my contracts better because I need oh to be boy. making it's more true. than five dollars a basement
3: check <laughs> Always get the gross, never the net. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's the deal.
1: Well, folks, thank you all for listening.
2: Uh, next week is Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, right? Uh, with, with David D- Ehrlich. David Ehrlich. David Ehrlich. Tell um, uh, David
1: hello for me. Uh, we will come we'll we'll back the past, in time and tell him. Yes, yeah. uh, your future. Uh, future past, days of future past. Yes. We, exactly. And he's also coming back for a days of future past. We're doing a Brian Singer miniseries. It feels like the right time. <laughs> um, Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for listening. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe. I should mention we're doing Tobac before Singer. Yeah, <laughs> uh, absolutely. Uh, thanks to Antra It'll Gudo. It'll be our most in miniseries. Our most in miniseries. for uh, good for our social media, Lane Montgomery and Joe Bowen. And uh, as always, or are we, yeah. Oh, let's a- right, 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 blankies, oh, yeah, right, go to Reddit.com for some real nerdy shit. And as always, skeet, skeet, skeet. Great. Right.
0: All right,
2: all right. All right.